If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast all in one place. They have tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app on Apple or Android or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Now back to the good part. And welcome back to the Boundary Corner Podcast, along with my partner, Brian Siegler. I am Curtis Wilson, and this episode is presented by Dr. Lord Jeremy Counts at the Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg. If you love this podcast, if you love the Hokies, the town of Blacksburg, make sure you are supporting the Main Street Pharmacy when you make your way to town. Whether you need prescriptions, a tube of toothpaste, or just want to stop and say hello, Let Jeremy and his team take care of you. The money you spend at Main Street Pharmacy goes towards the things you support and love. So next time you're in Blacksburg, head on down to 301 South Main Street. Tell them Curtis and Brian sent you. And since we're starting there, let's go ahead. He pays the bills. He fills your pills. It's Dr. Lord Jeremy Counts. Yo, what's up, guys? What's up, buddy? How you doing tonight? Well, how you doing? Fucking now? great after that goddamn loss. <laughs> oh yeah, well, we get to talk about that we, tonight. We, we get to lead with that. We thought this was going to be a, a nice little, uh, little fun segue into the football stuff, but you know, life throws us some curves, right? I was in a good mood. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, we're going to go in. Everything's going to be all right. Fuck, <laughs> not good. We will talk about that in a few minutes. Oh, Matt Neal, Lavar joining us, but we got one more man in the green room. Let's get this man in. The king of the hokey spaces. The space ace. The space ace. <laughs> bring him on, bring him on, bring him on. Oh, coming in Ooh. with the bell zone. And with some Let's apple, go. And where's that apple pie moonshine? All right, boys, before we start anything, cheers. Cheers up. Clinkies, cheers clinkies. Up. Clinkies, clinkies. Good to see you. I had you already well. went. We are about to start a tradition unlike any other any other it is the state of the program boundary corner podcast style with jeremy with tally we're gonna get into it but before we get into it y'all gentlemen how's everybody doing y'all been doing good lately doing good doing good man working holiday time everybody's wanting to spend money i'm trying to let them spend it with me i'm buy a car be a star that's what I say. It's the holiday season. Like, it's a lot of traveling. And what? <laughs> you had to rally, right? You, you, got, you got some. Uh, yeah, I got to go to Raleigh this weekend. I went back home to Asa 
last weekend for my parents, and now I got to go down to Raleigh this weekend. And where Christmas is on a goddamn fucking weekend, I hardly even get times off. This is just like a lot of extended trips for me at this you point. You just get a busy like weekend and then right back to work. Right back to work Monday. Exactly. Monday. It's nothing. I, mean, I don't like this. Poor guy. Poor guy. Put it on a Tuesday. Put it on a Tuesday. I know. Two years from now, Christmas is on a Wednesday. The sweet spot. <laughs> that was hey, here's your upside, though. Here's the upside. New Year's Eve is on a Saturday, and we know the Main Street Pharmacy is closed on Sundays. Yeah. So there's your upside. But it's still, I, I have no excuse to close. Like, I have the same days off as I normally do. I don't get any time off. <laughs> he won't extra I get days. drunk on Saturday like I always do. I, no different to me. No difference. No difference. All right. Well, boys, it's great to have y'all back on the show as always. And before we get into football, which we are, and we got a lot to unload with National Signing Day of the season and all that, we were going to start with some quick basketball takes. Because before tonight, the team was 10-1. and one. The team was ranked. The team was rolling. Destroyed Grambling State. Had some big wins. And I think I still feel overall good about the team. But they went up to Boston College in the Conti Center where Mike Young feels – I don't think it's Mike Young. I'm, no, no disrespect. I think James Johnson steals Mike Young – gets into Mike Young's body when he goes up to BC. Because we cannot fucking win there. It's awful. It's awful. Um, and they weren't ten and one. No, eleven and one. Eleven and one. Excuse me. Eleven and one. Now eleven and two. Eleven and two. Unfortunately, but we're looking through it. Overall, it's been a good season. We don't don't shit. We're not. If this had been last year and we had did a take on this, oh, it was not good at all. Eleven and two. Some good wins. Aiming in the right directions. Rodney Rice has been cleared to play, but he for some reason won't play. Which I don't think anybody can figure that out. Sounds like they're just trying to hold him off to the new year. But yeah, let the man get healthy. I wouldn't have thought we needed him against goddamn fucking Boston College. You wouldn't. You wouldn't think. Comes out of nowhere. We have one bench point. Good. One bench point. One bench point. point. One bench point. Well, hold on. Here's what I want to ask. Here's what I want to ask. I looked at the stat line tonight and just overall, Darius Maddox is starting. He's four fifteen tonight. He's shooting roughly under 10% of what the team is shooting everywhere. He continues to start. And I know he's good on the defense. He's an athletic kid. But last season it felt like we let him do this and we weren't winning. Can they continue to do this? I mean, what if it's y'all, do y'all, do y'all say, hey, listen, you got to come off the bench or you've got to lower the volume? It's, it's hard to say because we don't, you know, you don't see the work that they put in every day. And the rotations and things like that, but it's kind. Of, you gotta you gotta change something up. He's not shooting well right now, so you gotta find a way to get him on because you're about to get into the heart of your schedule, and you definitely want to be doing better moving into the new year and you know getting closer to tournament time. So, I mean, what he four for fifteen ain't gonna get it. Mm. Hell, do him like Russell Westbrook. You know he's got the shot. That's the bad thing. That, that that's probably why they keep riding him because you know the yeah. shot is there. Right. But right now it just ain't falling. And even with volume right. tonight, I mean that's that's a lot of volume tonight. That's not just you know shooting bad with eight shots. That's shooting bad with double that almost. I think he might have had the he most shots in. Go ahead, Jeremy. He he's in a slump, and he was in a slump last year. I mean, if you remember, Hunter went through a slump too when he got out of it. Like 
Yeah, there's just ebbs and flows to some of this, and I trust Mike Young more than any of us. True, but absolutely, you know, we'll, we'll <laughs> I don't think Hunter's playing that well either. He had five points tonight, so yeah. they're all over yeah, Hunter. Like, That's the thing, Hunter. Like they defense are all over him. Hunter, they know Hunter's good defense enough. has been so much better this year that you almost yes, unless he's god awful, you keep him on there. But but obviously but the, he went down with the with the wrist injury, so we'll see. Uh, that. Not great. But the difference with Hunter and Maddox is. If Hunter misses the first two or three shots, he's not pulling the trigger anymore. Yeah, you y'all, we all really, see that. Really bad. He knows yeah. he's missing. It's like this is not my night. I need to move the ball. If he's Maddie, hot, he's gonna keep it rolling. If he's not, he's gonna uh, facilitate. Darius just keeps shooting. <laughs> just keeps shooting. <laughs> for good or bad. For good. Sometimes he shoots his way out of it in the game. We saw him make a couple clutch shots down the stretch a couple games back that okay. kind of put us over the top. So. Yeah. You know, it, it's kind of you take you take the good with the bad, but when it's that bad, it's and you taking that many shots, it just it, it definitely hurts the team. And you know, when everybody else was playing so low energy tonight, you know, you can't have a guy that's stopping the ball and taking that many shots that that aren't falling in. True, I agree. Yeah, and Basile, I mean, he had a good. Had a few good shots, but I mean, he wasn't hot either. I mean, no, no, no one was really hot. Must had a few good moves. Padula was missing Mutz's a lot of layups. Just so sloppy. I mean, that's flat. Like- it's sloppy and flat. That's all that was. Yeah. Well, the funny part is we talked about that four game stretch where it was what uh, Minnesota, Carolina, Dayton, Oklahoma State. We're like, we can just get through that two and two, three and one. We went four and zero, oh, and then we do this. That's- <laughs> <No> <laughs> it was shit, just like man. frustrating. Um, and and by the way, a week from Saturday, it's not a cakewalk. I mean, Wake's coming off that win versus Duke last night, right? Yep, right. My eyes deceive me. They beat Duke last night, so we got them. Right. Got to go on the road against them, so you know they're going to be feeling themselves, hopefully too much, and hopefully we can take care of them. But uh, I think overall – I mean, they, they, came, they came into that Duke game kind of, you know, looking for eh. something too, and now they got a little little bit of gas, so we'll see what they, they do with that. We'll see. We got they get The boys get a 10-day break. Uh, Wake will be a little bit better of an atmosphere, but hopefully Rodney Rice plays that game. Hopefully it's our New Year's Eve gift other than, you know, getting really drunk and uh, feeling really good for that night. All right. So let's th- let's take a pause before we get into the football. What's everybody drinking tonight? Let's do a roll call. Apple Pie Moonshine. Jeremy. Got Jameson. Get Ben IPAs. I'm pacing. <laughs> um, Curtis, Kurt- I'll let you go. Curtis has got the Kirkland 12-year-old scotch. Boys, we roll a little uh, little Evan White label tonight. It's going down smooth. It's going down smooth as always. All the good stuff goes down smooth. So black there's our roll call. Never dr- black people know you don't ever drink nothing that's got two white names. Evan Williams. <laughs> you should know better. All right, we, we, we've actually got some roll calls, y'all, from the chat here. I'll put that up there. Our buddy Matt's brain. <laughs> By the way, we, we would want every <laughs> – Hold on, wait a second. Yes, that is a heavy 4-4 scotch. It's almost the holiday time. It's almost a week's vacation for me. So, by the way, if you're out He's there – He's got a big meeting tomorrow too, Matt. <laughs> that's, how Matt that's how Matt like it, though. That's true. So if you're out there, you want to get on a roll call, pop us one in uh, Facebook, YouTube, or the Twitter. 
replies and we will see what you're drinking with us. But let's jump over to football. and look, This is kind of going to be a season retrospective. But let's go here. Before we before we jump into what happened this season, um, I'll, I'll start with Jeremy here. What was your preseason record expectations? Where were you thinking this team was going to go? You live in Blacksburg. You probably hear more chatter than we do. But what did you feel going into the season? I, I mean, I was hoping we were going to get six or seven wins. I mean, the idea of us not going to a bowl game is foreign to me. So, ah, I thought that we were going to come in, you know, at, at least, you know, get to a bowl game. That that was just my general feeling. You know, but we also didn't have any kind of idea about what we were about to see. So, All right. Tally, what was your preseason <laughs> expectations? So I, I put a tweet out before the season, um, just like with a funny picture and said, if he if Pride gets us to a, a bowl game, then he needs to have a statue made. <laughs> I've seen it. I mean, wasn't trying to be negative, just looking at had no expectations. Yep. You know, just say, hey, I'm gonna watch it and you know, I wanna win, but I just wanna see some improvement because I mean you had a new head coach, new offensive coordinator. New defensive coordinator, um, new all positions, just about all were new. So it was just too much unexpected. I mean, too much unknown for me to be like, I know we're going to go in here and, and win games. So I, I thought maybe five wins is what I about thought we would get. But of course, you always, like you said, you're always hoping that I know we're going to make a bowl game because it's like so unexpected for us not to. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead. I, we 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 own ours here on the Boundary Corner podcast. I went stupid and said nine and three. Y'all want to throw things and say? Nah, we threw ca- uh, but I, we, threw fair, caveat. we threw caveat. We threw caveats in there. We threw yes, caveats. We so I'll let Curtis lead though. So we said I said nine and three. I knew we had some talent. I thought it, usually you get to spark with the new coaching staff, but we did have a caveat. And I'm gonna go ahead and say it. What our caveat was is we said five and seven. And that was saying if things don't click right. Well, obviously, things didn't click right. Some players got hurt that could not get hurt. And the biggest one was Malachi. Malachi yeah. getting hurt at the beginning of the season was an absolute just – it crippled the offense, which was already in a bad position. It hurt the, to start, and then obviously it hurt to kind of, you know, as we wrapped up things. So it, it was kind of hurting on the front end and the back end. And, I mean, we said five wins was probably kind of the – the floor. borderline floor of this team. And I think if you have a healthy squad, you probably get five, maybe. I don't know. But we, we, we played in, what, three or four close games. Came lost down them all. The wire, lost, lost all but one. Lost them all but one. I all mean, one. you, you, you got to finish better, and some of that's on the coaching. And, Absolutely. Um, but we switched schemes in the middle of the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did. I mean, and, and, and I our line was not playing well with the new scheme. We're like, fuck. I, 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 you know, that that's one of the things we're going to talk about, I think, as we get kind of further into this thing is that, you know, what what are we looking like going into next year? And, I mean, I've got the, I've got a bunch of thoughts on that front. So oh, I got tons. We'll, we'll hit that tons. pretty heavy. But, yeah, I mean, we're switching schemes mid through. And, and, and it's so hard. It's so hard to change course in the middle of a season like that. Because, number one, you already had a new scheme that you were implementing to start the year. Players weren't even fully acclimated to that, and now all of a sudden you're switching it up, you're changing things. And 
I, I give them a, some kudos for not going full bore into a completely different direction. It was more t- like tweaks and modifications versus a full bore swap there. But at the same time, it, 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 it's a struggle to do that much in the middle of the season. Normally you like to add two or three plays to your playbook a week. It's kind of, you progress through the, through the schedule, right? Whether it's specific to that team or whether it's just you adding to the playbook to get more dynamic and having to make some wholesale changes in the middle of the year is, is a pretty big ask for, for a team. But that's just the in some ways was, was a miscalculation to start the year that we, we thought we could lean on a power running game, work play action, and think that that was going to be enough to get some wins in the ACC. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. But at least here's the one thing you can already say about this coaching staff, and it did not take long, is they're not afraid to quickly make the adjustments. They're not afraid to say, this bullshit ain't working. We have to try something different. And I think yes. for, for us following this program as close as we do, the prior coaching staff would literally die on a hill. Like, like this is not working. Yes. You need to we do what we do, Curtis. He gets it. Now, ring the bell every time someone says he gets it. We have that. Let's get – we're going to do the good, the bad, and the ugly. Jeremy, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes. Pretty good. That's pretty damn good. So let's start with the good. Um, Tally, I'll let you lead this off. For this season, what was some of the good that you saw? And, I mean, in a three and eight season, that's I'm, I'm asking a lot of you to lead off. Well, I mean, it was, the main thing, I guess, is because when you look at every game, I mean, it, it was easy for these kids to quit. It was easy for the coaching staff to quit, but watching every game, I never seen quit. You know, I guess that's the the, the good that you've seen. You've seen that the kids didn't quit on the coaching staff. The coaching staff really didn't quit on the kids because you got to think we did win three games. I think we would have won four if we would have played UVA. We had a four win season, but I mean, we lost to North Carolina State on the road by one point. We lost to Georgia Tech at home by one point. We lost to Miami at home by six points. I mean, it was plenty of games that could have been a little different than they were had we had a couple of players. So, again, I mean, I just think that the 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 fight was there. So I think that was good for the season. What about you, Jeremy? What you got? I mean, I had several points. Um I, I feel like we were coming together a whole lot better on offense toward the end. We switched it up in the middle, and it seemed to start working toward the end of the season. I thought that was pretty good. Um, Lane was always rocking. No matter what, we had everyone coming out, everyone supporting. That can only go on for so long, but we have a very loyal fan base. We do. You know, I, I think we got a good three years of that. If it's not fixed in three years, you're going to see some fall off. Uh, but I believe in our fan base, and I believe in our team. Uh, I felt like the running back play started coming together a little bit more. We saw some flashes. I mean, Keyshawn King looked so good in some games, and then, of course, you'd have, like, the fumbles and shit. But, I mean, there there were some flashes, and one of my biggest things was the defense, it wasn't, like, a lead or anything, but it kept us in ball games. Like, if we would have had a decent offense, 
like in some of those games or had it just click a little more like it did toward the end of the season, we would have had more wins. Yeah. And we talked about it all year. The defense kept us in games at least for three quarters. Yeah. Pretty much the whole fucking year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, that's, that, that's as much as you can ask, especially how often the offense was giving the ball back to the defense. So I think that was positive to take away. Um, you know, we, we see that the defense can hold up against even some of the better competition in the ACC. I know we didn't play Clemson, uh, but we played kind of what two of the best four in the ACC, if we're being honest, right? And yeah. held, held up pretty well against all of them, but UNC on defense. And I'd still look at UNC and say that that was just a bad matchup because we probably had our worst cornerback situation in that game, having one out and and not having uh, Delane really playing significant um, uh, snaps at that point. So True. Drake Bang going to have a game like that again. There he is. All right, all his talent's gone. All his talent's gone. <laughs> I don't care how much money they throw at him. He's got, he don't have anyone around. And the, and the defense got worse. I'm going to say you my good was seeing the young players. Y'all, all the points y'all have made are great. Seeing the young players, seeing Mansoor Delane. Immediately, freshman All-American, right, for 247. Immediately. Kalai Lawson, I think he's figured out, Will, and I sit there and I see glimpses of Tremaine, Tremaine Edwards at Will Linebacker. Jaden Keller a couple times. Um, you know, some of the young ends, McCray and Nelson, getting good play. They're not there yet, but you saw them making good plays. Guys like Stroman. And, and to go along with the coaching staff not quitting, my other good is – when they realized it wasn't working, they were like, okay, it's not working. We need to change this. We need to change this shit. We're not getting it done. And to do that in the middle of a season, A, it takes balls. It takes balls from a head coach to say, it ain't working, we're changing it. But then what about this? You talk about Keyshawn King fumbling. How quick would he have been on the pine in previous years? We wouldn't have seen him back yeah. out there, right? You saw with this staff, he fumbled a couple, couple series later. There he is again. And in some of those series, he would make a big play. So it's like it's that combination of the youth along with the coaching staff, even though they got schooled a couple times, being willing to change the course when it ain't working. Yeah, I, I, you can say that one of the bad is that, you know, there were obvious points in the season where you saw that this staff was green, right? Fuck but. Yeah. I think that I think the thing that you can the positive you can take away that is that this green staff understood their green and said, "All right, we can't just stick with what we think should work. That we gotta we gotta tweak this and see what will actually work in practice, not just on paper." Mm-hmm. What about y'all? What about y'all? What what bad? I mean, I guess to go along like just to kind of the yin to the yang of the the good that I discussed was you know never quitting and being in those close games, but the bad is losing the close games. Yeah. You know, yeah. for a football team, it's easy to, you know, give up whenever you lose a game that you're supposed to win. You're up by six and you end up losing by one or whatever the case may be. We had a couple of those games that we did that in that we kind of fumbled, not fumbled the ball, but fumbled the game. So uh, yeah. I guess the bad to me would be losing those close games uh, but that's part of being young, you know. That's part of being green, as we talked about. Um, 
it was good to it was good to see growth though, because at the end of the at the end of the year, people can say it's Liberty. Don't matter, it's fucking Georgia Tech we lost, but you go to Liberty and pretty hostile environment for us, and you win that first game. So mm-hmm. that 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 could have easily mm-hmm. been. I mean, we're a two win team. Pack it up, it's over. But the, they never quit, um, and we won that one. But the, the bad to me would be losing the close games this year, and it fucking sucks to lose. Yeah, game when you when you think you're gonna win, rip your heart yeah. right out. What about you, Jeremy? Well, first off, I want to shout out our guy over there, Bryant Cobbs. Motherfucker's <laughs> drinking Everclear right now. Hold on, <laughs> goddamn, you. put that back up what? just in case y'all yeah. didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, he did yeah. Everclear. is he black man? <laughs> and also, uh, Lavar over there. Uh, that was my first point. Lavar, our offensive line was not great, especially the first half. And we have a lot of talent on the offensive line. Uh, I, I don't know if you all have ever stood next to Silas, but he's the biggest motherfucker I've ever stood next to in my entire life. He's, he's a big dude. I, I, I got to meet yeah. him up at the spring game. He's a big motherfucker. Yes, we've got some talent on there, and we've got some size, and it's like we couldn't figure out how to do with it. I understand we got a new O-line coach, and he's you know a really, really good one. We're trying to figure that out, and that was a huge weakness in our offense. Yeah, you can talk about, like, uh, your fucking quarterback needs to hit this or hit that, or your running backs need to do this or that. It all starts with the offensive line. If you don't have a line, you don't have a fucking offense. That's it. And my entire thing is our entire offense would do so much better. All position groups would do better with our offensive line playing better. And I don't know if it's exactly – our players just not connecting with the scheme or the scheme not taking into account our player strengths, but that was a huge weakness for us. Uh, also, our secondary. Um, uh, this was actually uh, – there was an issue with a lot of people were complaining we weren't bringing our uh, rush enough. Like we weren't bringing a lot of uh, five-man rushes. We weren't bringing all that. And uh, Pry actually talked to Bud about it. And he explained to Bud exactly what he was doing. It's because the numbers weren't lining up with bringing that rush. And it actually put our defensive backs in a better position to intercept the ball and make plays whenever we didn't bring that kind of rush because we had some help in the back. We were putting them in that position to try to do that, and it still wasn't happening. That was a huge problem for us is we weren't getting turnovers. And then (laughs) the other point was – we were uh, having turnovers. Yeah. We were losing the ball left and right on key drives. You know, that loss is the Miami game. And a player would be playing out of their minds, and then all of a sudden, thump. And then it's like, fuck. And the entire momentum has gone. So those were the three biggest things for me. It was we lost the turnover battle on both sides of the ball, and our offensive line just wasn't clicking for whatever reason. So, so the bad for me – is a guy that like me that looks at tape every week, a guy that watches every game as detailed as he can, seeing how fucking close we are to being a decent team because one guy doesn't do one assignment or if we said that under food too. If you're a half second, you know, sooner with the block, or if you're a half second better, you know, getting off this or getting off that. Like, we are so close to being at least a six or seven win team. That 
it, 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 just, it tears my heart out, man. Because every time I look at the tape, I'm like, there are plays all over this tape where we can be a six or seven or eight win team and we're not. It tears my heart out that we have to say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's Matt Neal, here we go. Yeah. Matt Neal saying basically going from having an OL philosophy, not meshing with the talent to a scheme that doesn't match with OL philosophy. Necessary switch, but still risky. It's true. My bad. I'm going to go kind of with Tally on this. My bad was there were times in the fourth quarter of these close games where they weren't quitting, but that one bad thing would happen and you would just see like the, oh, fuck. Yeah. They would start thinking again. They would start thinking again. And those were the frustrating parts. Like, especially the, oh, my God. Well, I mean, I don't I, mean, I can throw all of these up, man. Who, all of y'all in the comments are fucking crushing it right now. I appreciate y'all, are, y'all for real. Y'all throw it up. Matt Neal's a up. fucking god. Um, <laughs> we got, we oh, got another see, one here. I see uh, LeVar Cooper in there. Hit, hit LeVar up real quick because this one was true. And decision-making is one thing. He made some I was going to get to that when we say ugly. Oh, <laughs> it was coming. It was, it was coming, coming right? right into it. But it was bad because, in my opinion, we sit there and there were times you'd see like the little short route, like you just need a nice little touch pass. And don't get me wrong. I think Grant played his heart out. But there are certain times a little crossing route. You'd see him like fastball. And it's like, no, that needs to be a change-up point or, you know, laser ball by him. So, there were, but it was just that fourth quarter for me. That's my true bad, bad. It's like you're right there. Think Pitt. Driving that ball, we can go take the lead. Perfect play. And then we fumble and just everybody just does like this, like, oh, my God, why did that happen? And Price said it over and over. You have to learn to win. We mm-hmm. have to yep. learn to win. West and, Virginia. And, and, and I'm going to kind of go shuffle this back to good. We let that fourth quarter get away from us. We did. But think, but think about this. Go to the Liberty game. Yeah, that, was the, that was the best fourth quarter we played. <laughs> Go back to the What'd you say? He said, God damn, Brian. Shit. Brian, okay. But y'all, for real, get y'all focused. Everybody drink and focus on me right here. Find the sky. <laughs> think about the Liberty game. That was the best fourth quarter we played all year. Mm-hmm. We forced turnovers. When we got the ball, we went and scored a touchdown. When we got the ball, we sat and ran out the clock. The best for so we we deal with those heartbreaks, that crushing defeats, the freaking we can't win, and then finally that last game we saw it like clicked. And you saw them when they forced those turnovers and that shit happened. It's like mm-hmm. the eyes were like, "This is what it's like. This is how we win." I wish we could have played GBA because to Tally's point, I think we end this season at four and eight. And going in with momentum, um, just just so everyone knows, the, the wisdom is coming from the alcohol of Matt Neal. <laughs> um, but so let, let's go now. I'm gonna let Jeremy start this one off. Jeremy, what's the ugly? Hold on. How, how do how do we trigger the UNC fans? I need to I need to hear this. <laughs> short, short round. Short throw round. it up when you can. Yeah, what? That's what's happening? <laughs> Jeremy, Charlie, go yeah. ahead. I'm gonna let you go ahead. Well, we pitched it to Jeremy on this one. Jeremy, oh, pitch, sorry, opinion? sorry, Jeremy, you go ahead. No, no, Tally, you go ahead. Uh, I guess, man, like when we talk about the ugly, you know, you can always say what well, the offense sucked or 
the quarterback sucked, whatever you want to say when you're just in the moment. But when you dig into it, it's like the offense was just two or three plays away from learning how to win. And what do we do? We fucking jump off sides. Yep. We go from a third and seven, third and eight to a third and 12. How many times was the offensive line jumping off sides? How many times did we commit stupid penalties that shot ourselves in the foot? In like she said we jumped off sides like 10 times. It was the most yeah. insane oh, thing I've ever fucking seen. Hey, Tally, Tally no, you, you ever jumped off sides? Let me think. <laughs> I jumped off sides because of something the defender did, but not nothing the coach did. That's uh, what I'm saying. Uh, so I'm bringing back an argument from the end season oh. because there was a big – Big fucking debate that everybody on the time was like, fuck these coaches. They're, everybody's jumping off sides. So, me, when yeah, when I'm watching the game, like if, if you had different people jumping, it was the same motherfucker. Yeah. Like it was the same people <laughs> jumping. I don't want to call the numbers, but y'all watch the games. It's like, <laughs> only thing I can say about the coaches was like, get them out, <laughs> make them sit down. I don't know, but as far as jumping off sides, like, that ain't having to do with the coach in that situation. You're jumping off sides because you may not know what you're doing. Or you should. You may be too anxious. <laughs> like I said, I've had defenders like, I'm from Alabama, man. You know, you hear anything when you're on the line. So you're a little too anxious when people start fucking crazy. You jump. I've heard that. But nah, the coaches, coaches ain't got nothing to do with me. Coaches don't have nothing to do with that. But the ugly to me was the, the, the lack of, of discipline on the offense for the most part. Like the, the penalties killed us way too many times, you know, or even like Curtis said, we're going down and get ready to try to make it a game. And that one play we miss, fumble the ball, we drop a pass, we throw a pass that's supposed to be a changeup, a fastball. And this, we, we're, it would have been a first down. Now we're, now we're punting the ball. So things like that was what was ugly to me to watch. Yeah. Jeremy? Jeremy, what you got? Well, I'd like to start off with the way our entire offense started off this year against ODU. It's like we never came out of that fucking elevator. Um, I'm not one to criticize play calling, especially on the offense. I think offensive coordinators a lot of times get way too much shit. Oh, yeah, for sure. We did not figure out how to get our fucking offense to mesh, especially the first half of the year. It was awful. It's like Tally talking about, like, jumping off sides all the time. Why the fuck are we jumping off sides? It's such a simple thing to fucking fix. <laughs> I found myself with like the bland ass, like up the middle, up the middle. Maybe we'll do a blast. Fucking bullshit play on. I found myself wishing for a jet sweep, and you can quote me on that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was, it was painful. <laughs> but also, I'm not an offensive genius. Like, I also understand, like, they're trying to work within, like, what they got and like the players they think they have and their capabilities that they think that they have. And I understand that you're trying to do that and we're giving it time, but God damn it. It was painful. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad it made me feel a lot better. The second half that we adjusted it. There we Fuck, go. That was awesome. I'm going to go shout out Robbie cup in here because this is something I've said all year. I'm a high school coach and our kids try to jump off because they're trying to get an advantage because they're tired of me chewing their ass for getting beat. <laughs> Touche. Touche. <laughs> Accurate. And that's part of it, right? So a lot of the reason people jump off sides is because they're thinking too fucking much. They're thinking about getting beat. They're thinking about getting an advantage over the guy in front of them because they have gotten beat. They're thinking too much about shit that isn't 
doing my job that play, right? That's the shit that happens when you're not ready to win. And this team just wasn't ready to win this year. Mm-hmm. And some of that's because guys were asked to do too much. Yep. But because they are career role players at best that were asked to be starters. Because of the position that the former staff put this roster in. True. So that's part that's part of it. That's can I put, it, right? can I put hold on? Let me because I'm gonna go back to you because this is gonna be my ugly. My ugly this year was the depth. We Tally, you said during that NC State game, take them out. There was nobody to put in. That was the issue. You put the next guy in, like Grant Wells might be laying in a body bag in the backfield because they couldn't block. We're, we're putting in Jack Hollyfield if Johnny Jordan's fucking up. <laughs> like so it's like you're sitting there and it's like and no, offense to, no offense to Jack Hollyfield, but I don't think he's ready to, no, to no, just no. go Jordan in and play 30, 40 snaps a game. Down. I was like, we fucked up. We ain't got nobody. We have no depth. We had no yeah. offensive depth. The defensive that got built through the year, but offensively, it's like who we rolled out there is who we roll out there. And that was the issue. It's like this is what we've got. And when Malachi went down, um, that's true. I- I'll agree. Some of the players did look confused, but that that's going to happen with a, with a regime change and a scheme change. But it was that whole depth of, you know, you see it on every team if somebody does make the screw up, make the fuck up. Listen, you need to sit the next series. You get need your to get your head down. in the game. Get your head yeah. in the game. If you're talking about putting somebody out there that is nowhere near ready, you cannot do that. You cannot. And there's the issue. And we're going to get into it later about how, you know, about the building of the program. But to me, that was the ugly part. It was like, this is who we are. This is who we got. It ain't much behind it. Go ahead and finish up, Brian. Sorry, I had to hit that because it was. Oh, you're you're good. I, I, and I mean, let, let's talk a little bit about John's point here. So, ball hit dudes in the helmet. That's the thing that killed me all year is that there's there's these plays all over the field, and guys just weren't making, making the plays. And the big thing we talked about depth. It's because they are being asked to do too much in year one of a new system. It goes and back to that point right there. It go it goes back to the previous point. We did not have the depth on this roster where you could ask these role playing players to go out there and make game winning plays when it mattered. And that's the ugly, and, and that's something that you got to kind of look at and and be like, all right, I understand, but it's still frustrating as hell. And it was. Big time evident. And I'll throw John's point up here at the wide receiver group. Oh God, yes. Outside of Caleb Smith, we didn't have guys that knew how to make plays week in, week out. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's very true. But it's like you. I mean, to like y'all said. I mean, we was asking role players. Like what I told y'all, I was gonna get on Brian about. I didn't know Brian was a Laker fan. <laughs> like seven years, and I didn't know he was a Laker fan. I look in his bio, this motherfucker got the Lakers in there. Yeah. So yeah. on this team, we was asking Patrick Beverly to be LeBron. You we were. We still Patrick are. LeBron. <laughs> we we was, fucking still listen, are. The, the Hokies was trying to put Pat Bev as LeBron. We had wide receivers that should have been out there fucking blocking or playing on kickoff, asking them to get us a pivotal third down. And it was pitiful. And I will say it. That, that's, that's a, that's a Jane Blue reference there by uh, by our buddy John LaRock. 
John, we'll take this down real quick. And don't worry, we'll get some of this other stuff later. So, you know, it's three and eight. First of all, let, let's talk about this next because there's always a painful moment for everybody. We've been fans, Jeremy, roughly 20 years, Tally, roughly 20 years, me and Brian, roughly 25 years. So we've been fans for a long time. We all have those painful games, the one that just sliced your heart. There is one, my buddy Biff, who lives out in San Diego. The Boise State game. At full, me and him were on the phone for two hours after that game. But he lives oh in San Diego. God. That game ended at 8 p.m. for him. It ended at basically 11 for me. I was on the phone with him until 1.30 in the morning talking through that game. But this season, eight losses, what was the most painful? Which one just, just ripped you and you were just like, oh, my God. Basically, it was a night of – you see this? I'm gonna drink all of this because I'm. Hurt. This is this is gone by the morning. Gone by the morning. And ODU, one hundred. ODU mean? was rough. Miami was rough. But what was your West Virginia was rough, but ODU was the one because it won. Jeremy, he says ODU. What's that? ODU. Oh, ODU. Why ODU? ODU. That was the one. It really just like framed everything. We came in with so much up, like. Maybe we can pull this together. Maybe like with this Seven, new staff. Seven wins this year, baby. We got this. Easy <laughs> schedule. Leading with ODU. Let's do this. That was rough. Said. That was really, really rough. Yeah. Pretty rough. Is that you? I'd have, to say, I'd have to say Georgia Tech because um, one of my best friends died. Um, mm. He had a heart attack and, and passed away. So during the Georgia Tech game, I went back, uh, went back home to bury him, and I was – course not watching the game um seeing was kind of losing so i'm back on the road backwoods headed to my brother's house and i'm like oh shit we might win we didn't fucking win we lost by one point like we always do and it ripped my heart out man i wanted to drive my car off in the ditch i didn't want to die but i wanted to drive my car off in the ditch to you know (laughs) maybe get some get some help by a nurse or something but it was pretty rough Tally feeling like me and Curtis did last year with the Syracuse game. Syracuse man. game. Yeah, me and Curtis. Me and Curtis drove down to South Boston um, to, to to bury a friend, good friend of ours, uh, Brian Wilkerson. And we get out the car. We we got a lead against Syracuse, l- looking pretty good, right? And and you know, th- there's the memorial, and then as we're checking in, it's kind of things are wrapping up. We're like, oh shit, we're gonna fucking lose this game. And well, it went from we're going to win this game to we're going to lose this game. Yeah, right. of course, of five minutes, and that was brutal. Um, go ahead. What's yours, Brian? Uh, the one that hurt the most to me. I'm going to go with Georgia Tech as well because that's a game we should have fucking won. When when you get when you get a quarterback that hasn't played that significant time, and you get a team that has the the deficiencies that a Georgia tech does in a conference game, you should handle your business. And we didn't, we didn't close it out in the fourth. So that, that one to me stung the most. I I get ODU, but uh, there was a lot of moving parts with ODU at Georgia tech. We should have had those things figured out. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go complete up, not opposite, but just different from all y'all. Jeremy mentioned this one. I'm going to go Miami. And the reason I go Miami is because let's think about what had happened at West Virginia and North Carolina. And then Pitt, it's right there. We, we we almost got it, right? We lost by 16, but it was right there. 
Miami, they come out. We play like dog crap for three quarters, and then we start knocking them in the fourth and knocking them. And it's sitting there, and it's like, we get one stop. We're going to win this game. And the reason I put that as my worst loss, because I think if we win that game, I think you look at the schedule, I, I think by that time we've learned to win. We don't lose State. We don't lose Georgia Tech. I think we play a better game against you. I think that game was that 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 swing that basically said, if it's a close game, we're going to lose, and against a better team, we're going to lose. So I'm going to go here. Let's go through some of the folks that have talked to us. We've got um, Matt Neal saying a Georgia Tech game for this year. Our buddy Coach Compton says it was the NC State cemented the middle of the momentum. LeVar agrees with some of y'all with the ODU. John goes state. Um, I'm going to throw this, though, because John and Robbie put this in the chat, and we're going to roll it from here because this is the fun night for us. Yeah, we just John says Peach Bowl 06 was the hardest loss of all time. Um, 07! <laughs> Boston College! In lane! <laughs> no hesitation by Jeremy. Everything happening to I fucking Matt goddamn Ryan right now is fucking karma for that game. <laughs> you know, we're struggling right now. We got no scheme. We got no line. Our best hits are falling off. But that 07 game, all that shit that's coming down on Matt Ryan. Karma. <laughs> Hold on, Jeremy. You were an undergrad. Hold on. You were an undergrad in 07. Did you even sleep or did you just drink basically into the weekend? I just kept drinking. <laughs> just kept drinking. I was actually visiting. Like, I went to tech like for two years and then I transferred back for a girl and then I came back and finished out at tech and then went to pharmacy school. That was one of the years that I actually wasn't enrolled at tech. And then I came back for that game. All right. Got it. 07 BC. And then I just drank all through the weekend. I killed my liver. All right. Um, tally? Man, I, I got to go um, probably the, the ACC championship against uh, against Clemson 2016. Just, I mean, all of these games are rough, but what it would have kept Fuente here a little bit longer, maybe. But, I mean, I feel like that would have set the program on a – Totally different trajectory. If we win that game, we win the ACC that year. True, because you had, you know, Clemson was was big dog, you know, and, and we lost right. by seven points. We, we was right there. We had Gerard. Who knows? You know, we win that game. We talk somebody into coming back, and maybe we push the we push a, a, a playoff. But I don't know. You know, that was pretty rough. It sets a precedent. You just beat the big dog. You just beat a team that went to the national championship. I see what you're saying because that one was – because literally you're right there at the doorstep. And, and if you listen to what Fuente said, he says, if we punch it in right there, we go for two. We don't let that thing go to overtime. So, yeah, that, exactly. that was a heartbreaking one. Yeah. Brian, God, you I a lot of years of experience here. What do you say? Uh, honestly, Boise, because I feel if we beat Boise – we don't lose 2010. JMU. We don't lose, we JMU, don't lose we JMU. We run the we run. fucking table. And that's a fucking potential national championship fucking football team. Uh, um, Tyrod had that game winning drive and then we just caved. We just caved. Um, I'm going to go. It's right there. USC at FedEx in 2004 is the roughest one for me. A, I was 
Unfortunately, I watched this game. By That's my number two, Curtis. I appreciate Robbie mentioning it and Curtis bringing it home here. Robbie was at the game with our buddy Brian who passed and our other buddy Jason who does the music for the show. They went up there. They were basically blood blood seats. And, yes, it wasn't an OPI. It was not an OPI. I was in Farmville. Brian was in football camp. And, basically, I'm like, nobody to watch the game with. I'm getting drunk, so I got hammered in my apartment and go out after they lose the game. I'm hammered. I'm in an angry state. But that game was – it's still the most heartbreaking one because it wasn't anything we did on the field. It literally was the refs affected. That OPI call goes the opposite way. If it goes – if they don't call it, we score a touchdown. I don't think USC comes back and takes that game. All right, we've got a lot more on here. Hold on. We're going we're gonna to roll through here. <laughs> I don't think nobody said Michigan. Lee Hall represent. Lee Hall represent. That, that, was, that, was, that was my wife's dorm in 2006 and 2007, so shout out Dale for, for the reference there. Just so everybody Lee knows, Hall. Robbie basically was hurt until Tuesday of that game, and that was on a Labor Day weekend. USC, Brian, rest jobless. Dale's with you. BCO6. Oh yeah, that was that was the yeah. Year. I forgot yeah. about that man. Oh, uh, good, good reference, good reference. Fine again. See, this is why this is so much fun because we're drunk and it does just takes us into fun places. All right, <laughs> all right. So let's let's pull back. Let me get back. Curtis steers the ship, unfortunately, and when Curtis is drinking too, it's a fun steer. All right, let's go into. And, and Tally at, knows how much I poured in my glass, so you know I'm not oh, steering the ship. You yeah, scared him. You scared him. Everybody. All right, so let's flip next. We talked about the season in retrospect. You get our feelings here. Let's talk about Brent Prime. Let's kind of evaluate him. Year one, you know, from it, he's been in the job now a little over 54 weeks. After year one – Jeremy, what doesn't worry you about Brent Pry being a head coach for Virginia Tech? Uh, well, biggest thing, he seems open to change. Uh, he's a, he's okay switching midseason, which we didn't have a lot to lose, <laughs> but he's okay midseason just switching up the entire offensive scheme. I'm okay with that. Like, that makes me happy. Uh, also, what um, doesn't worry me is Marv came in late in the season and started calling defensive plays. And that turned out to be okay. And we were all kind of worried about that for a bit, but turned out okay. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Uh, We'll talk about that some more, I think, on the the back side here about whether or not Pry should have uh, maybe handed the keys over a little sooner in the season. Yes, maybe. Tally, he, he tried to micromanage a little bit when he had other things that he wasn't used to to worrying about. But we'll yeah. get into that later. All right, what, Ta- I guess. Tally, what do I don't? Man, I guess the uh, I don't know. It's hard to say this, but the losses really didn't worry me this year because my expectations wasn't as high as some people. Okay, you feel me? Like, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. even with the losses, with you the you losses, definitely temper you you had more temperate. Yeah. Uh, expectations is, I think, the majority of the fan base. If we, if yeah, and then the thing is, also, with the losses, he was like, well, he still, like, put his dick on the table. You know what I'm yes, saying? he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> he, every, he, he killed, man, listen, he killed every interview 
You know, it was like you was never like, man, fuck that coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're yeah. a fan and you really yeah. watch the team, you were never like, man, fuck him. He ain't gonna be a good coach. You still was like, damn, I want to win, but I think I know what he's trying to say. I think I know where the problem is going. So the, the he knows how he fucked up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and he didn't just come out and go, guys, we didn't execute. And like, fuck, man, we we did some shit. It didn't work. We tried something else. It didn't work. So he was he, but he's always been that way. He's like real open with his interviews and shit, and he's genuine. You know what I'm saying? Like me being a car salesman, you have to be real genuine with people, and you can notice when people are genuine. Feels like when he is in interviews, he's very genuine with the stuff he's saying. Even you know, I know we're gonna get into recruiting and stuff. Oh yeah, the stuff that he says to the kids seems very genuine. He's not promising anything um, that he can't produce for them. Yeah, but he's telling them the truth. You know, hey, I'm recruiting a couple of people at your position. I think you can come in and make a difference, but you got to come in with these other people and earn it. So, shit like that was 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 uh, didn't worry me that the the L's, I guess. Yep. I can tell you that about Fry. He is very genuine. Like, if you talk to him in person or whatever, he will make you feel like the most important person in the room. And he's just, he's got that. He knows how. He's got charisma. He gets it. <laughs> he <laughs> fucking gets it. He gets it. He gets but, it. Ring it. Ring it. Ring it. Ring it. Ring it. He gets it. He gets it. Uh, he's also very laid back while also being very serious. And he's also one of those people that, yeah, it's kind of like whenever you meet Frank, you know that Frank knows that you want to talk to him. Yeah. And he enjoys the fact that you want to talk to him. Prize like that. Like yeah. he genuinely enjoys that you want to come yeah. up to him and say hello to him. Having seen him twice in person, yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. And we got to talk uh, with him a few minutes at the Hardywood event, and literally he was before us, he was talking with an older lady, and he you could see he crafted it to make sure this is about her and her moment. When we went up there, he yes. was slamming beers with us. He chugged a beer with us. It was just like, yep. these guys are here having fun. They want to have fun. The guy behind him was serious, shook his hand, Look very concerned. So to that point, yes. Why I'm not worried, two things. Defensively, I think his scheme is going to attract some talent. There are going to be some yeah. kids that come here that we're going to be like, how do we pull that? Like, holy shit. But the second piece goes to what Tally said. He goes in there understanding you do not bust your players. You don't throw them under the bus because the execution shit immediately says players. And it's basically it's that's on us coaches. You heard a lot of coaches, coaches. It's it's basically how many times did he say it's our job to get them ready, and we didn't do it. We didn't do the job right this week. And when you hear that, it's basically you're you're taking that ownership to like what you said, Tally. We lost the game, but you know what? He didn't throw the players under the bus. He didn't say it was a rest fall. He put it on himself to say I gotta be better. And when you hear that as a fan, and especially. And in this group right here, we watch a ton of games. You know, we do the podcast. Jeremy's there supporting the team, not only being in the city. Tally, you do your spaces. You've got communications with so many people. That's a lot. That goes a long ways. Brian, I'm sorry I got really ass wordy there, but. Uh, Curtis getting worried. No way. No, no fucking way, guys. Scotch. 
He only <laughs> he, he only known me twenty six years. No fucking way, Curtis getting wordy. Nah, let uh, the man pontificate. <laughs> so the thing that that doesn't worry me is that I've seen a staff that is willing to self assess and then make changes. That's the thing long term that's gonna pay dividends for this staff because you're not always going to have the guys that can get it done. And I know this year is a particularly bad situation in that you've got a roster that you were number one inherited. Number two was probably in the bottom five in terms of overall roster talent in power five. Right? So you're working with slim Pickens. And there was a willingness to make changes as things goes along. And that's going to pay dividends, I think, long-term. So that that's that's my big – that that doesn't worry me. If things aren't working, pride will make the adjustment. So what does worry you, Brian? What does worry you going in? Because we were three what, – What worries me is that when we look at the offense, okay. it took a, lo- a little bit longer than I wanted to to make some of those changes. So when we look at the timetable, we need to look at, okay, what is working, what isn't working and how can we make differences? And I said earlier, it's hard to make changes in mid season, but at the same time, if it's not working, I don't want wholesale philosophy changes, but I want to see tweaks and adjustments week to week. And I don't think we saw enough of them soon enough in the season where we could kind of build something in the back end. It took kind of getting to that bye week and making those adjustments to where we kind of saw a little bit of a difference on the back end. Um, So that would be my concern is that not quite evaluating quick enough what is and what isn't working best for that, that scheme. Jeremy Talley, what what concerns y'all got there? Who wants to go first? I mean, that was my first one was uh, offensive identity. We have to find it. And we may be recruiting people and bringing in transfer portal people to come in and try to change the identity, but we have to find that identity first. Mm -hmm. Uh, And my second thing is we have to start pulling in not just transfers. We have to start pulling in the top-level recruits from our state. And we'll get into that later, but yeah. That's my two concerns. All right, Tally. Yeah, the concern, um, you know, kind of what Brian is saying and Jeremy as well was I feel like, you know, they have the identity that they want. Um, even if you watch, I think, the Liberty game, they were saying, uh, well, this is what Virginia Tech should be. This is what Virginia Tech should be. Good defense and then power football. So the lack of physicality was my concern because you don't have – five and six years in college football nowadays to get that and get it right. It's like, if you don't get it right going into this year, we're fucked. And coaching staff, you're fucked too because expectations will be high. It don't matter who you put on the field. I don't care if every starter breaks their leg. These these fans want to see some wins, you know? So year two has to be much better than year one. And physically, will we be there? If you go watch Mansoor Delane play, you can see he was in the right positions a lot of times. 
he just wasn't physically gifted. Not gifted. He wasn't physically strong enough yeah. to maybe man the ball away from the from the offensive player. Does he get there in year two? We hope so because he he's got the technique. It yep. just comes down to the weight room now. But I mean, he was that, a, he that's was a, a big school. point there, Tally. I love it. That is point. it is a big? I point. love that point. I think he is given a few more years of time. I think I don't think you're looking at the three normal because I think what happened this year and the powers of being a lot of the money makers saw. Holy God, we didn't have anything on this team. We didn't have anything on this team. It, it's going to take a few extra years. But my, my more biggest concern, um, and, and it might be already changing from what we've seen today, was how he came in and built it. Like he just came in and we had five transfers last year. We didn't we didn't bring in a big overhaul, even though you felt like that's what we needed. He didn't do that. Now it's changing this year, so maybe maybe the piece I'm worried about about you know we know we know you need to lay a foundation and build it, but you should be able to as a head coach lay that foundation with whoever you pull in because that's your job, right? You, you mentioned the salesman thing. As a salesman, you should know that guy. I know what he wants. I can get him here. I can make him feel this, right? I can make him feel it. I can make him fit in. So we're seeing it already with the number of portal guys we've gotten already and what he said today about more coming, which we're going to talk about later. Jeremy, you're really good at a tease. Thumbs up, buddy. Jeremy knows how to tease what we're going to talk about later. I'm Jeremy. So uh, <laughs> I'm Jeremy. <laughs> so, so that's the concern. Like my concern has started getting alleviated where he started making those changes. He's changing his offseason philosophies already. And you've already seen it. He's not sticking with the status quo. We're looking at different quarterbacks. We're looking at upgrading the wide receiver room. He's not just sitting there. He's moving quickly. Um, so, yeah. Um, now, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. The next thing I want to talk about is how much do we think running the defense hurt his development as a game day coach? I think it hurt him significantly because, as you said, it was later in the year Marv started calling being more involved, as we heard. We know he called the last game because, Brian, you have to tell him what you, you talked about observing on the sidelines um, of those last few games because it was just like it was night and day. You saw him all the time making notes, making notes, but you never saw him engage in players. He was making the notes, and you thought that was really because of his duties of as the D.C. for this year. Yeah, my, my beef was always – so I want my head coach, as soon as a group is coming off the field – I want my head coach engaging with them, talking about what they saw, what they didn't see, what was working, what wasn't working. You can't do that if you've got to turn around and call a defense with your offense. So you're not, you're not as engaged with the offensive side of the ball if you've got to go out and call a defense when you should be talking to your quarterback and saying, all right, what did you see, what did you see, what was working, what's not working. Talking to the offensive line, hey, were, were they stunting here? Were they bringing some extra pressure here? Why was why why did we miss a a blitz pickup here? There are so many like idiosyncrasies that were not picked up because Pry was focused on calling the defense on the offensive side of the ball that I think could have potentially been alleviated as you going forward, especially with a guy like your offensive coordinator up in the booth and Pry on the sideline, right? So that, that that was my biggest thing with that. What about y'all boys? What y'all think? I mean, yeah, kind of what, you know, to go off of what Brian was saying as well. I think a couple of times, um, probably even said it, he said something to the effect, and y'all don't quote me, but he was like, 
I mean, we did we did what we could do. Speaking of the defense, we just needed some help. Well, it ain't you're not just the defense. You're the head coach, so Touché. I mean, you gotta. He was so focused on that defense and trying to get that defense right that I feel sometimes he put that offense into somebody else's hand, and you see the difference. So when you see Marv take over um, a little bit more towards the end, it was uh it was good to see, like you said, Pry was getting people when they came off the field, asking them, you know, hey, what did you see? Things like that. Because as a head coach, I mean, especially a new head coach, somebody's been coaching a long time, they might can weave and work that that those different angles. But a brand new head coach at a new uh at a, at a new place, it's like you gotta be in tune with those guys when they're coming off. And he just didn't have enough time to do that, trying to run that defense and run run the game. Jeremy? Yeah, uh, that was one of my biggest concerns um, in general was the fact that I love Pra and Pra has a lot of experience as a coordinator. He was a new head coach, and he is learning on the job. And he also brought in a defensive coordinator to learn on the job who wasn't a defensive coordinator before. So he felt the need to come down and – do what he used to do and kind of micromanage, and that inhibited his development as a head coach. But I think it's going to be all right. Marv did okay. I think it's going to be better from now on. What am I supposed to do? I don't have a crystal ball. I, I'm fucking hoping at this point, damn it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Look into your crystal ball, Jeremy. Come on, man. You got something there, man. Well, let me ask y'all fellows. Mr. Jamison. What's it saying? All right. Well, Brent Pry. Let's look at Be the next Brent Beamer. We hope to God he is, because if that's the case, we're going to have a lot of a lot of happiness on this. He said, fuck your mom, Curtis. Fuck your mom? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Curtis. Oh, fuck, Jeremy. Right. It was really mad. Damn, Jameson, what are you, <laughs> bitch ass? Listen, you take care of him and put him in your stomach right now. No, God, no. I'm pacing myself. <laughs> Jeremy says he wants to remember the last half of Jeremy said all day IPA, guys. I'm not blacking out on this one, damn it. By the way, just so everybody, if you want to go back to last December with this episode, at about minute 70, Jeremy blacks out. For the rest of the episode, he said <laughs> those things, but he blacks out. It was actually with us four here. It was just like, is he okay? Then he'd make a comment and be like, okay, that was that was okay. But okay. yeah, he was fucked up. He was fucked up. <laughs> oh man, he blindsided me. That's actually like my normal drinking. Empty stomach, and it just—I hadn't ate it. I, I told yeah. Jeremy he's got to eat some pizza, some cheeseburgers before this episode. Oh, I ate the damn time. Yeah, <laughs> we ate. We ate. We chili, ate. chili. Chili. I respect. Right, all right, let's ask this, boys. Stat, rest of the staff, because I want to hit through this quick. What staff member impressed you most this year? Anybody? Tyler, you can lead on this one. I don't know, man. I guess I like I like Marv. I mean, I I got a cousin that uh that coaches high school uh, football, and he he was pretty close with Marv, so I watched him really close this year. Just his interaction with the players and. Different things he do, and I feel like when he got his shot, he he did what he was supposed to do. Uh, him and Fontel's recruiting, I guess, like that's that's what impressed me. Those yeah. motherfuckers were relentless. Fontel right. has locked up the eight hundred four. 
Yeah, yeah, he was, we're we're going to talk about that after the like break. I said, I know we're getting into that that recruiting, but <laughs> we get close. We get recruiting, close. I got to give him his prop. All right, Jeremy. That's actually my pick, too. Marf, dead on. Uh, impressed. I'm really happy with the thing, uh, the way things are going. Uh, what else can he say? It's it's straight up Marv right now. Um, the rest of our position groups, it's going to take some time. But, hey, Robert, I like you, yeah. Uh, just so you know, Jeremy, that is a – a buddy of ours since we were in middle school. He was in my wedding. He's been our friend. He played football with C. You will meet him soon. When we get up to Blacksburg, we're going to bring him. He's coaching football down in Carolina right now. Um, Nice. I'm going to jump on this one next, and I'm going to go a little sideways. Give me Pearson Prelude. You know why? That son of a bitch hadn't coached a collegiate game until this year. And y'all take a look at the safety group from this year to last year. We took a step up. The way Strowman played, people's had his best season ever. Connor looked better. And you also have a guy who has all these – he's a tech guy. He's tech through and through. He loves the place. He literally retired from the NFL and moved back to Radford to coach high school to be closer to the program. Then he gets involved with the player development, and then he gets involved with the coaching itself, and it's already um, – already – I'm, I'm, I'm tooting my own horn. Thanks, Matt Neal. Um, for real, that group jumping up, and you think about his personality, and then you think about him walking around with the Sugar Bowl ring and other rings and Big East title rings and his Super Bowl rings, talking to kids about, come here, play for me. You go play in the league for 14 years. Sieg, last name. Um, other than Curtis sucking his own dick there a little bit, um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Cheetah here because I feel like for the yeah, 23 class we got a good class coming in that is very Cheetah focused. Combine that with the Delane numbers that were put up in year one. To me, that's the answer for me. So g- give me Cheetah by by a hair. I like what Curtis did with uh, with Prelude though. Because uh, Prelude went out there and fucked some shit up. And if we're going to be honest, I'm going to go with Tally a little bit here. Mines went out there and crushed the recruiting this year. He locked up the 804. And we're going to talk about that more after the break. We are going to talk about that a lot more after the break. All right. Who's hot? I mean, I think it's going to be easy, but who's hot? Who's on the hot seat? Or who is? Who's got to improve in year two? Special teams coach. Ooh, Stu Holt. Still got to get your shit together. Brian's with Stu. Stu, you got to get your shit together. We're going to turn you into a stew. All right? You better get your shit together. We don't need no motherfucking people fucking returning kicks on us. And we need to be returning some kicks. Get your shit together. Well, he had the nuts to put a true freshman in a punt to put on punt return later. Shit, he might as well. Listen. That takes balls up, man. That takes balls. And no disrespect to none of the players because I know those players fucking work hard. I mean, they're, they're busting their balls for sure. They bust. Listen, if you ever put somebody like Jalen Holston back there to return kicks on my team again, <laughs> I'm gonna kick your ass. He is a power back. He ain't breaking shit. Damn, Tally making me chuckle, fucking Evan Williams. All right, turn the camera off for a second, Jeremy. What about you, man? 
<sighs> it's year one. No one's on the hot seat. Okay. No one. Uh, Jeremy, fucking no one. They're coming into a fucking college. <laughs> they have no fucking clue what's going on. No one they fucking recruited, and we're talking about hot seats. No. Jeremy, nobody's no. on the hot seat. Jeremy also has the most has the highest possible chance of running somebody in town while he goes around to, you know, a bar or something. So Jeremy, I know these people. No, I'm with you. No one is on the hot seat, but I got to see improvement from Tyler Bowen. That's it. I've got to see improvement. We did see adopting a scheme change up. I think. Yes, but an offensive coordinator is the person that is constantly under fire the most in college football. You have to give him time. I'm on, listen. I'm willing to give him this year. And next this year, he's okay. If he if we are one twenty again offensively, every one saying. of them three years. Ooh, <laughs> wait a second. I'm gonna throw three. this up there. I ain't Ooh. trying to call problems, but I am. Uh, Robbie, but, Robbie, you're right. You're fucking right. No, and Robbie's this, lying because he ain't on no scene. No, he's Robbie, lying. you dirty bitch. <laughs> No. I love you, number six. But you got to go out there and start uh, bringing water to some people that's going to throw touchdowns. Right, fair, right. fair, fair. But I, th- I think in that case, with, with nobody's on the hot seat for me. I just want to see improvement because I think the next year, it's, I think it's probably all of us that way. We want to see the teams do better. We want to see things go better. For different position groups and things like that. And we could say, for example, Joe Rudolph, like, okay, we didn't look good this year. We better look good next year because now they've been under your tutelage for a spring, a fall, a spring, and a fall. Now there's four. Um, so, <laughs> all right. So this is what we're going to do. Oh, uh, now, you, you, you going to let me get one out? You, you can't get, get it off. You shot it off and said it's to you. What do you got? One <laughs> yeah. I didn't elaborate though. You didn't let me oh, elaborate. Let him elaborate. Let I gotta me. have my moment here, man. Go so ahead. it's gotta be it's gotta be Stu Holt because other than making the Tucker Holloway deal work, I don't think we did a whole lot on special teams that made us better this year. Combine that with the fact that I know he was working with some injured situations in the backfield. But we saw way too much, and all respect to him, we saw way too much Jalen Holston this year for this to be a successful running back rotation. Stu Holt has something to prove in year two. He does have something to prove in real two as a special teams coach. Running back coach, he was screwed. I mean, good Lord, they put Bryce Duke out there. They burnt all his red shirt and then came back. BD squared, you mean? What's that? BD squared, you mean? BD squared. BD squared. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Use the dick name, Curtis. Be did Bryce Duke. Hey, he to me, Bryce Duke has a future. Say what you want to say. But somebody put it on here earlier, and this is me. This is what happens when we get six thousand comments. By the way, I love the comments. Somebody talked about the regression of uh Peter Moore. Yeah, Peter Moore looked like he was like that too. Well, well but 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 what pissed He y'all led the game so he we started the games really good, and then like second and third quarter, he would fall off the fucking map, and then he'd like figure it out in fourth quarter. So who the hell knows? But um, so we got no one technically on our hot seat, but it's like do better, do better, yeah. guys. All right. So before win, we get win a- at least seven games in year two, and no one's on the fucking hot seat. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> um, by the way, 
Matt Neal is taking credit for that. That was him that talked about the Peter Moore. Sorry, Matt, I could not find the comment, but thank you for acknowledging it was you. We know we love you. All right, so before we get into the fun stuff, so we went through the critical shit, but we're going to go in today. We're going to talk about National Signing Day, the class, the transfer portal. But before we do that, we are going to take a quick pause for a message from our digital partners. As we take a quick break, we'd like to tell you about getting your free website report from our digital partner, Grassroots Digital Marketing Studio. They'll tell you how your website ranks on Google, on-site SEO, and social media. No commitment to buy anything. You can get your free report by visiting grassrootsdigitalstudio.com forward slash free dash website dash report. Now back to the episode. All right, we are back. Jeremy's disappeared. I should have disappeared too, but you know, that is what it is. Maybe I'll disappear in a few minutes. Um, turn the camera off for a second. But let's be for real. Let's go into recruiting and let's go just kind of look high level everything today. I want to take a get first of all y'all's opinions. Did y'all see the like the did y'all like the recruiting setup the way they did it today with having the podium, different members? It was I know Bud was on for Braylon, which to me that was super special. Bud Coach Lauren, now he, the sun's coming here. You had members of the you had members of the faculty, members of the athletic, you know, staff calling these guys. Did y'all like that setup? Because to me, they made signing they feel fucking important. Like Right. This is this is important for you guys. What you got, Tally? Yeah, I was uh I was a little disappointed at first at the beginning of the morning. Um because I mean the graphics didn't look bad, but we just didn't have music. And I feel like we could have did some other stuff with it. But then when I seen the setup, I was like, Okay, this is all right, not just for the fans, but the big money donors was there as well. Yep. You know, they got the they got the they got the uh I mean, whip, what kind of whip break was that? I had to pee. <laughs> Shoot. We got, we got it's whip it's a 20 second car. break, Jeremy. Come My on. Cat got down here. All right, Tally, Sorry, what's Tally. going on? Piss faster. No, that's good. That's good. I was just, I was just saying the setup was, the setup was nice. Once I seen the setup, I was like, okay, this is, this is good because you got um, fans involved as us. We're watching. You got, the big money donors and, and and faculty involved. You got players, families, high schools involved because you got them on the on the screen. So you made it about more than just the coaching staff or even just the player. The players had their moments, but their families was there as well. And you can see the coaches interacting with the families, which was awesome. Oh, Jerry, you can you see think? why they recruited well. Yep. What do you think about that setup today inside uh, Merriman there? It was incredible. The pageantry of it all. Like, it was great. We brought everyone in. We had the entire setup. You could tell most of the coaches, they were not ready for that early morning. Bud looked like he just crawled out of bed after a long night. Damn, holy shit. He looked like like me waking up at 9 a.m. Like, what the fuck? And everyone just comes out because it's that important. It was like one of those, like, Things that you do. It was almost like Christmas morning where you crawl out and you're just like done, but you're in it. And it's just like, yes, this is important. And so they do that and they bring up the families on the screen. They bring up the kids and we act like this is such a big moment because it is. And we give them that kind of gravitas. What, what else yeah, you going to call it? Way, way to we it. give it to them because they deserve it. And that, that makes me happy. I love the way we did it. 
it makes me happy that we do that for these kids because in the end, these are kids. And it makes me mad whenever people are just like, no, no, don't call them kids. They're men. They're, no, they're these, are, these are these are kids. kids. They no, they kids. love this and they need to feel important. I, I love this right here. They mention the, the high school coaches by name and stuff like that. And and that's that's that relationship piece, right? That we that everybody that all of us who have met Pry or reading about Pry, it's like it's the building of relationships because that's that ultimate point. And to y'all's point that y'all just said, it's like it wasn't just that player on the screen, right? They they could have did the announcement and put just the player. They put the family, they put the coaches, they put the whole high school. It's like this one whole encompassing thing. I think the setup was great. I think the concept was great. I think they hit it. Yeah, the videos in the morning that didn't have the audio, it was like the graphics were cool. I like that. But it was almost like you, for, you, forgot, the, you forgot the music. You forgot the music. Another um, thing, too, Tech Sideline was trying to um, – they actually had some nice breakdowns on a couple of players. Yeah. I know some yeah. of their stuff wasn't working, but they had some nice shit. I won't put that on Twitter because I talked about it on the uh, on, on the on a chat because they were talking about it wasn't working, but like somebody was like, "Oh yeah, a certain number of uh, of seconds of a video shouldn't upload." Probably it's two it's two minutes and ten seconds. Everything they had was under two minutes. Right. Twitter was fucking up. Yeah, it was. So that 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 was on Twitter. That wasn't on what Tech Sideline was trying to do. So props to Tech Sideline for what they were trying to do this morning. Because that was going to be really good with what Chris Coleman was breaking they down each, each player as they kind of went through. That yeah, was going to be a really good setup. I hope so, they still uh, so put shout it out. To, yeah. Shout out to Tech Sideline for that. The other thing was I love the setup. It, 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 we've dealt in the past where it felt like it was you'd get like a handful at the beginning, a bunch of the beginning, and then it'd be like hours, and then you'd get some more. And then out. it sounded like what they did is said, everybody send the NLI in. Here's how we're going to do it. We're gonna yeah, do every every like 15, 20 minutes. It was like it was steady. It was steady. Think, yeah, whatever think, it was, whatever it was. I yeah. think David Cunningham put out there. It's been every ten minutes. There Shout out David Cunningham. Shout out yep. David. Y'all, y'all, think, y'all think David would come on here and get drunk with us? David would like absolutely come on here and get drunk with us. Good. Maybe we. It matters here. We bring in DC. <laughs> it depends. Right, let's bring in DC. I love DC. All right, let's talk about it. This thing. Because we've got a bunch of guys we can talk about, but we're going to hit the guys that we just got this week. The first one, and I tell you, the second highest rated kid in this class, Chance Fitzgerald, six foot three, hundred eighty five pound kid out of Nolansville, Tennessee, a three star, high three star, borderline four, Oklahoma State, Auburn, bunch of teams offered this kid. Got compared to Gabriel Davis with the Bills. Gabe Davis was on my fantasy team this year on one of them. He helped me out a I'm lot. I'm sorry, Curtis. Well, I mean, not on that league, another league. The fantasy oh, okay. team in my sorry, league. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Russell sorry. Wilson screwed me. But, like, we, what a good land on the week of signing day. I mean, y'all got anything on this kid from what y'all seen or what y'all heard? Besides, I, you, I, I like both of the. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about them, but I like both of the receivers that we picked up at the end of the cycle. Yeah, yeah, Aiden Green and 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 him, pretty nice. I think from what I've seen, uh, I haven't watched a ton of film, but um, Fitzgerald seems to be more college ready, just because of his body. Mm-hmm. Um, Green looks a little thin, but Green's early enrolling as well, so. He may get a chance before Fitzgerald, but I like Fitzgerald. He, he he's 
that's a nice pickup. Definitely a nice pickup. That's a that's a big steal too. Jeremy, you probably saw it. I know you follow close. I mean, they went to war with some big boys to land chance. Yes, they did. That was actually my biggest point with Chance is if we can win these recruiting wars, that is excellent. Uh, I can't evaluate wide receivers. I don't know how to do that. Fair enough. He looked really good in his film that I watched. (laughs) But my entire thing is he looked exceptional in his film. And on top of that, there were a lot of big boys out there trying to get him, and we got him. So – Good land. Yeah, I mean, Fitzgerald, I feel like, is the most, like, if you had to say a a receiver that was going to play today, Fitzgerald was the guy. To me. That's my assessment of this class. If you had to say a player player that was going to start right now today for this team going into 2023, Fitzgerald is that dude. Right. Because the wide receivers we have – you know that we have on the on the team still are not that far ahead of where he is from what we see. Physically, no. Physically, physically no. Yeah. No. Physically, no. So I, I thought the same thing. Physically, um, you're not. And yeah. Even I know we're gonna uh, we got a couple other things to talk about as far yeah. as recruiting goes, but uh, even like y'all are saying, just watching like we usually we we'd have all of our players before what fucking August. Yeah. We have all of our players before August, and then we're sitting around waiting for signing day to see if anybody's going to take somebody from us. So for us to go like hard that last week and be like, okay, fuck it, let's yeah. let's add some people to the party, and then not not and it wasn't just people that was you know going to Grambling State. No, nah. it was they had some big time offers. We was okay to. We was okay to fight with some big boys. I was I was happy yep. about that. And and that's I the one excited. I think that's the one thing about this staff that we can say is when it comes to going to war with a big boy, they don't stop. They no. do not stop. They keep they're going. not intimidated. They're they're not. They just say, Well, I think it's also because you have a group. Go back. I, I had a conversation with a guy at work today, um, Nebraska fan. And, and y'all can say how the hell is he he's actually from the seven five he became a Nebraska fan. Uncle played there. Love this guy to death. Always talk with him about football at work. But he talked about, and it, and it resonated with me talking about Tech's old coaching staff, about he tried to bring everybody with him. When in reality, you need to find dogs, guys that know this profession, guys that have been at the P5 level that know how to scrap, fight, get dirty if you need to, know areas and know how to attack. And you look at yeah. the staff at a whole, and I know we, we criticized you. We know we want Stu to get better. We feel Stu can get better because he has had some excellent special teams in the past. We know Tyler Bowen can do better because the pedigree he's come from, they use offensive and put up numbers. But we sit here and it's like this staff I don't think quits. I think they're still Texan. And I think y'all talked about Fontel Mines earlier. I think Fontel Mines has been texting Ali Jennings ever since he left. Oh, oh, ever since Fontel left ODU, probably kept in touch with that kid. Kept That's why I say wait until year three. Yep, and then year finally three. was like, listen. Three years for everybody. Exactly. Now, let, let's go to this guy next because the last time before this week we saw this guy, Tally, me and you got the hats. He took our hats and kind of went through it to the side. But Antonio Cotton. <laughs> Not him. It was, it, it was his nephew. It was his nephew. You don't let nephew do that, though. Nephew, don't touch your hat. 
<laughs> so Antonio Cotman decommits from BC, and then and he just a few days ago commits to Virginia Tech, six foot two, one ninety, Life Christian Academy. Um, Brian, what are you seeing from him on the uh, just the tape in general? I mean, great body size, right? I think I like this guy as a box safety or a Sam linebacker. I can really see him excelling at that role. Um, I don't think he's going to be a cornerback at the power five level, but I think the athleticism he has, he can be a Chamari Connor type safety or, or, or fit in very, very well at the Sam linebacker position. So I, I really like this pickup long-term in solidifying those two positions. Yeah. I Tell agree. Me what you got. I agree. I mean, um, I was on Cotman early just because of his body size, you know, came and took some pictures. I didn't really know much about him. I just um, – I think they bought a, bought a big group. It was maybe, I don't know, 2020, 2021. Yeah. First time I seen him. Um, and I was like, damn, that's, that's a nice-looking kid for him to be a sophomore or junior in high school. And um was on him for a while, and I know um, he came, and they rolled the red carpet out for him. I mean, they had him talking to the Edmonds brothers. I think he was talking to the Fuller brothers yep. early this year. Both so, of them. Yeah, so it was like, okay, this is what this staff is trying to do. They're trying to get the roots back into Virginia. There's a Virginia kid who's ranked high. Um, they had that. They they did everything right, and then for whatever reason, he goes and commits to Boston College. Old staff, what would have happened? It's over with. Somebody threw the hat down. We're done. You hurt our feelings. You went to the dance with somebody else. Fuck you. That's what it would have been. This staff. Now I'm no insider, but you know when you when you're around enough, you hear stuff. You heard people talking about uh, even when we played Boston College, Cotman came to the game. Had him to the they game. Said, yeah. Yeah. He, 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 wasn't, he wasn't sitting with. He wasn't sitting with the recruits. He wasn't with the but recruits. he was sitting in. He was sitting in the stands for sure. But Pry I was says, at that hey, game too, so that was big. Yeah. So process. Hey, you want to come to the game? I get you. I get you tickets. Smart ass move, man. Yeah. I mean, because stuff like that, no matter how much dividends uh Cobbin pays on the field, uh being relentless on the recruiting trail like they did on that mm-hmm. recruit is gonna it's gonna win you some games, it's gonna win you some schools because people was watching that. No matter how we feel about certain players, people in those areas pay attention to those kids, man. So I think that uh I think that just that recruitment was probably like the one that I watched the closest and was like, okay, damn, like we 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 really trying to do something. So I, that was awesome. I, I feel good about that. Jeremy, what Sweet. you got? No, he's right. Um I did not like the hat throw. None of us did. <laughs> None of us did. He like- alone does not like the hat throw. Who the fucking thought? One of my favorite things ever is the reverse hat throw that one of our people did. Yeah. Where it was the reverse. I think, was Cam Cobb. I think Cam yeah. Cobb did that. Shout out Cam Cobb. Absolutely. But, yeah, it's uh, one of those things where, yeah, he was going off doing whatever, and we showed him exactly the support and the infrastructure and everything we could do for him, and it ended up going all right. It did that. It so did that. I'm I'm happy with him. I think he's a great talent, and I'm glad to have him. 
But I will always remember that hat throw. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> there we go. There we go. By the way, Matt Neal says, we're glad you're going straight Mason Jar for the second hour here. And we Fuck are yeah. going, on, baby. Um, second hour, second hour and a half. We might go through tonight, fellas. We got, water, we got water in the VT mug. We going straight to the bottle, baby. I ain't hit water in an hour and a half, man. You better you go. Get some water. Die. Jeremy's still drinking his IPA there. Let's talk, Curtis. You know, you you know how I can handle my liquor, man. I know you can. Twenty years, bro. I'm hydrating. I got an IPA. I'm I, fine. I got liquor. Here. I'm still pouring the sky. Let's hit this last one. This was a signing day sign. It kind of came. I didn't get too much of this day. one yet. What? Jameson time, man. Go, go ahead and dive in, Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy. Not yet. Here. Jesus Four Christ, fingers, man. Four fingers. Yeah. Do it. Four finger. Four finger. Four. All right. Moose, oh my God. Moose or most Phillip? Cane Ridge. Most. Most Phillip. Look at Alan. I was like, no. no. <laughs> most Phillip. How's Ridge. that? Uh, moonshine. Moonshine. We put it up again. We don't keep putting that one up. <laughs> Why, so not? Why not? Why not? We got we we a segue. It's a huge If there's segue. not a chance it'll make you blind, it's not moonshine. If it doesn't make you blind, it's not moonshine. Touche. Most Phillip. Cambridge High School, Antioch, Tennessee, 6'3", 190, listed as a safety. Um, not a big list. Um, just Tech, UVA, nah. Georgia Tech, Toledo, and Tulane. I like the last two offers, though. Toledo won the MAC this year. Tulane won the AAC this year. That is two upper-level uh, G5 schools that, like, they're looking for guys that they can develop. Um, I'm going to always start with Siegler because Siegler always looks at highlights and he – Played football and he coached football at a collegiate level. So, what are you seeing from uh, Mr. Phillips? I see a motherfucker that likes to hit, and I think he's going to be a big asset on special teams out the gate. Uh, whether he develops into a player that we can see in the two deep of that defense is going to be the question mark. But this is a guy that can contribute potentially day one, but at least by year two on special teams for us. So we'll see if he ends up, you know, taking one of those, uh, those travel squad spots. Hey, hey, um, Tally, how close is Antioch to, um, Bama? Mm, I don't know. Maybe about three hours. Okay. All right. So it's, I'm just trying to get the location. It's in the ballpark then. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, any feels on this or just, just one of those, it was late. Because when you see a guy like this, y'all, is is it the first thing you think about is, was this guy like five foot 11, 18 months ago? And then all of a sudden, his junior year, he had a growth spurt and went like, oh, he's 6'3", right. 190 pounds now? Let's, uh, right. let's make an offer to this kid. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, man. It was a, That was a little, I don't know, kind of threw me for a loop, I guess, the offer and everything, but what a commitment. But, I mean, I guess the good thing about it, because I ain't going to lie, I ain't watched a ton of film. I did see kid does like to hit. I mean, he's a coach's son. That's always pretty good. Yeah. So, I, I do like that part of it, but I don't know much about him. Like you said, I think he may be a special teams player, but sometimes you got to take a chance on people, man. You know? Bug it. Well, when you got this <laughs> spot. Robbie. <laughs> same place to- <laughs> Hold on, wait a second. Shit. <laughs> I'm putting this out there. Robbie! Why is he saying 
Why is he saying that tonight? We're going to get this answer later on tonight. Yeah, um, we got to figure that out. There's, there's, figure there's that a story out. there. Well, well, Robbie can link this chat anytime he wants. So if he gets in the green room, we might pull him. Rob, Robbie you're the wrong, Robbie, you're you're the wrong Waffle House or Huddle House. Huddle House, baby. That's the South Boston Huddle special. House. Farmville special for real. It is for real, yeah. for real, for real. The Huddle, Huddle House. House. The Huddle House was always awesome. Jeremy, any thoughts on Mr. Phillips or just one of those? You know what? He hits hard. Fuck it. Give him, give him a scholarship. I'm Mr. Phillips? Moose Phillips. Moose Phillips. Moose Phillips. The guy that uh, – Yes, I know. I Tell me what honestly, you know. Honestly, I did not know him until earlier today, until he did this. And I'm glad we got him, and I believe in our people. That's all I can say. First of all, also, story to come later on that. And then um, Alyssa, uh, Aisha out here. Oh, we both did it at the same time, Ryan. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair question. That's a Touché. fucking fair question. It's you run into some crazy motherfuckers at Waffle House. Aisha! Raise your hand if you ever been kicked out of a Waffle House. Aisha, I love you. <laughs> Jeremy, <laughs> well, hold on, wait a second. Hold on, stop. Jeremy <laughs> hasn't been kicked out of Waffle House? How have you not been kicked out of a Waffle no House? No way. In your life? Bullshit. <laughs> I've never been kicked out of a Waffle House. Bullshit. I'm very courteous whenever I'm at places that are serving me food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, very I'm, I'm, I'm a never fucking first class citizen. <laughs> when it comes to the general public, I'm very nice to everyone. Just turns it on. Do anybody eat Waffle House like during the day? Like never, never. If it, if it's before 11 p.m., I don't eat Waffle House. I don't think I fucking ever ate a Waffle House like during the day. <laughs> I ate it like it's between crazy. seven and ten in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I've been there a couple of times in the morning, but it's usually like at like twelve or one in the one at night and after all drinks, all kind there of. There we drink. go. Yeah, right. for sure. And Joe's Diner. Oh, Joe! Hold on, let me throw it back. Here. And also, early morning. If you want a quick delivery, like, and you're in Blacksburg, just order from Joe's. Right. Just get it. Right, I'm going awesome. to throw one back on you here. Breakfast Jeremy. burrito. I'm going to throw one back on you. I'm here. sorry, Curtis. I can I can't hear you. Can you hear Speak me? Speak louder, bitch. Calm the fuck You're down. so low compared to everyone else. How about now? It doesn't interrupt me when I'm mid. Are Jeremy, you, can you hear me now? Yes, that's there. Better. We go. Um, Gumby's at three a.m. Gumby's at three a.m. Gumby's at three a.m. Jeremy. Gumby's. I don't even know Gumby's. what Gumby's is. What is Gumby's? Gumby's at 3 a.m. Gumby's ain't even around I know it's not. It's so fucking sad. But you were that Eric. You were that Eric. Curtis is the old head, man. What the place. fuck? Gumby's. And it wasn't a great pizza place, but it was a pizza place. <laughs> it was the best drunk food It was ever. solid. It Shut was up. solid. If you needed a spot at like 2 a.m., it was a solid spot. At 3 a.m. Because they delivered to go to? People went to Gumby's? <laughs> All right, let's just get overall. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let me bring this shit back in. I'm cursing y'all about Gumby. Curtis. That's your job, man. What the fuck are you doing? Um, that that's what I'm doing. Yeah, Curtis. <laughs> me and Talia hit a wall. Joe Marge's gonna Joe well, Marge going off around coming to that meeting. Um, I'm gonna vape. So here we go. Just rain. overall feels on 2023. We're gonna probably end up somewhere between 30, 35. Um. 
how y'all feeling in general about this class, especially after having a three and eight season? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good about it. I mean, I ain't gonna, you know, say, man, it's it's the greatest thing ever. You know, I, I feel like I really wanted I don't know, one of the top kids out of uh out of Virginia, maybe. Maybe flip somebody, you know, from Virginia like that. But I mean for, for the season we had, I, I'm good. I think it I, I'm I'm okay with it. Germs, Lord. I'm happy. We we have a while to go. Um, we are a long way from Thomas Jones, uh, <laughs> Kevin Jones coming Who the up. Fuck is Thomas Jones. He played for UVA. <laughs> played for UVA. <laughs> no, and Kevin Jones came up out of nowhere and was just like, "I want to play for you." We weren't even fucking recruiting him. One of the top fucking recruits ever came out of nowhere. We're a long way f- away from that, but we are making strides. Yep. Yep. That's the way I feel about it, too. And I think a lot of the stuff that goes on with this class and a couple of things we're going to hear in a second um, is big. But I think Brian, I mean, Brian said it roughly 48 weeks ago. If we're between 35 and 30, I'm happy. I think we're 30. Let me get it up here. Hold on. 34 as of end of today, if I if I recall correctly. 34, correct. 34 as of end of today. Um, and it's probably not going to be changing too, too much. It's going to change amongst the top boys a little bit, but that's probably where we're saying. Uh, 37 now, um, eh, but composite 35. So, um, oh, Cam Cobb. There's Cam I will Cobb. shout out Cam Cobb. Cam Cobb. He likes to be dated when he wants to be, but he has been on the Quan Felton train and he has shown love to the staff for real. So I'm right there with him, to be honest. Um, and, he, and he made the video. The reverse yeah, he did video. make the video. I think the way we wrap this thing up has been pretty fucking solid. Yeah, yeah. Well, the way we wrapped it up um, good. The, the, the way we, we closed on two good wide receiver yeah. prospects for this class, we had a good fucking transfer in the skill positions that we need needed to address. Hold we still got to address we still got to address some O-line. D-line, we still got to address some O-line. But the way we addressed the skill positions in the transfer portal, the way we closed out the 2023 class, I like where we're headed. Can I say one thing? Can we get 20 Ezekiel Wimbushes to walk on every year? <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Seriously. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're right, man. Motherfucker, right. If we no, get no shit. if you get that amount of kids to walk on every freaking year, I mean that kid's got offers all over the G five, and he's gonna walk on here as a six foot three halfback, um, up out of Stonebridge, which is a damn good football program. That says a lot of shit of how they're recruiting because Stonebridge, up uh, uh, there we go. I was wondering where Big Stone Gap came from. Big Stone Gap. Big Stone Gap. That's why I said Thomas Jones because it's a whole thing with yeah, where I'm I know from. what you're saying. From man. A-side, it's next to Big Stone. No, no, no bullshit. No bullshit. No bullshit. So I'm going to throw it out there. I was at fucking UVA when the fucking miracle in Morgantown happened. I know me and Curtis have talked about this before, but my high school coach is a big fucking UVA guy. So we were at the fucking like postseason celebrating the season shit at UVA. And I'm like the only tech guy there, or one of the few tech guys there with Brian Wilkerson. And we were like talking mad shit. 
and everybody was shitting on Michael Vick. But on the fucking jumbotron at UVA is the fucking Miracle at Morgantown in fucking Charlottesville, and I'm talking my shit, and Brian Wilkerson is talking his shit, and like it was, it was fucking great. Oh, that's that's one of the best fucking stories y'all ever got, dude. Seriously, when that happened that day in uh, 1999. All right, so Georgia like Tech at UVA. Wait, wait, interruption, interruption. What NFL athlete did you all ever play against? Nobody in high school. Oh Nobody. God! Oh, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I got a few. Um, uh, fucking. God damn! What's his name? <laughs> The damn detail. Yeah, if you would have asked me earlier the fucking night, I would have had some shit for you. Brian, uh, so you, UVA tackle that played at uh, from 03 to 05 at UVA. Um, then uh, is that the Nah, the other fucking white kid from Lynchburg from EC Glass. Oh, the Glass kid. Hold on, you didn't play yeah. against King. I played against King, man. There you go. I played against King, but only one year. King King was a fucking dominant defensive end, uh, dominant tight end, and then he was a fucking like next level punter that year for for, for Pulaski. There you go. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, um, but let's talk Y'all, about some other shit. Um, let's talk about the how many guys we have. How about how about early? the Clemson OT that played for GW Danville that broke my ankle? Yeah, he played against <laughs> GT, DT that fucked his ass up. All right, I'm going to pull it back. Pull it back, Brian. Pull him back. Pull it back. We good? I'm good. I was trying to explore Brian's life. Jones, what are you doing, Curtis? Pull it back, too. God damn it. I'm going to mute your ass. <laughs> God damn it, Jeremy. God damn it. I played against Justin <laughs> Hamilton <laughs> and Heath Miller. Me and Jeremy, me and Tally over here like the dads we are. Listen, y'all two quit fucking screaming at each other, God damn it, okay? Are you We're talking about me? He's been like crazy kids. All right, listen, pull it back. We're going. We got twenty-five commits in in today. Eleven of them are enrolling early. Eleven, a massive fucking number. Oh God, he's still drinking the bourbon. You're still drinking no more of that. Get it, get it, Brian. We got to let Mr. Get it, Brian. Siegel's gonna be figuring, telling me how to edit this shit later. That's gonna be a real problem. But you can't edit more. Lance Williams coming in early. Aiden Green coming in early. Cotman's early. Hey, by the way, Pop Watson's going to come in early. Coney's coming in early from Hermitage. Whitkey's coming in early. Chance is coming in early. The kid from Canada's coming in early. Defensive end where we need a little help at. Thomas Williams. Baylor, the local kid. Uh, and the kid that just came today is all coming in early. Yes, I played against Lee Suggs. Yep, Lee Suggs. I can't hear you, the, Curtis. 11 of the 25 guys are coming in early that signed today. 11 more. More. That is we really good. We need them. We do. We do need them. And especially a guy like Lance Williams, and you think about um, Green coming in and Chance coming in. Because we do need, even with getting the guys we're going to talk about in the portal, um, you know, we still need wide receiver help. And I think those two yeah. young guys coming in who already are showing a ton of flash, who had a lot of potential, who have already getting um, big offers. I mean, that's huge. Can I take over guys. real quick? Can I you, take over real quick? Can you call the fuck down? I'm good, man. <laughs> I'm great. Listen, I've had I'm a just gonna... 
Listen, Sigla is about an inch and a half taller than me. He outweighs me about 75 pounds, but I've had to control his big ass before. I've calmed him down before. <laughs> Are we talking big. shit? We, I know, I I know Curtis talking, is not talking shit to me. Right I ain't now. talking shit. I'm just telling Doubt. you. Doubt. I love, man. You know, you know this. I love um, you, brother. Let's God let's damn. talk about this though. So when we talk about this, we're talking about the line, both on the defensive line and the offensive line. There's still some question marks, right? Touché. So that's my biggest concern rolling into 2023, and that's something that we have addressed from a young guy perspective. But I don't know if we've addressed from a transfer portal perspective at this point. Yep, and we're going to hit that in just a few minutes. So a lot of young guys coming in and. Let's hit this next with just the recruiting class of 2023 um, from the high school level. The amount of Virginia kids, the, the amount of Virginia kids. Oh, y'all can start on me all night. Y'all didn't know me my whole life. Y'all fucking me all day long. But the amount of Virginia kids in general. Yeah, Curtis, Curtis, wait. Before we go into that, shouldn't we like everyone has so many responses over here. Of all the NFL players they played against, I've been hitting them up. <laughs> I know we hit them up. up. Like this is Jerry, great. Who you played against? I played against Heath Miller and Justin Hamilton. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Talk your shit, man. That's awesome, dude. Heath Miller. Heath Miller threw an interception because he was a quarterback in high school, not a tight end. Yes, he threw he an interception to Ryan Goddamn Wallace. Ryan Wallace catches the interception. Next, next go around. Ryan Wallace goes up for a catch because we play both sides of the ball. Because guess what? We were a small fucking school in 247. He goes up for a catch. Heath Miller hits him so hard, he cracks his rib pads. <laughs> Ron Wallace did not breathe. That was that level of excellence. A, a ton of folks here play with a ton of guys. By the way, the league sucks story. Um, one of our buddies, Robbie, played against Lee. One of our buddies in high school, his name's Jesse Rogers. Um, he was a center, undersized center, but plays nose. Very undersized center. And I'm talking about undersized, like 200-pound center, 200-pound nose. Lee Suggs literally stepped on his face. <laughs> I mean, coolest story ever. Like, you know that guy scored a bunch of touchdowns at Tech? He literally crushed my face, and it was cool, though. It was cool, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was out there as a freshman playing varsity, so. That's how good you were, brother. That's how good you were. That's why you played in college, man. That's why you played in fucking college. Um, hold on, hold on. Wait a sec. Um, this is our buddy. In it, send him the fucking link. Bring Robbie in here tonight. Fuck the bullshit, man. Robbie Cornell Bring Powell. in Robbie. Bring in Robbie. Robert. Um, Robbie Robert. coached Cornell Powell and Contavia Street. One went to state, one went to Clemson. Both in the NFL right now. Um, we y'all y'all watch, so y'all know y'all bring him on. Tally, you've been quiet for the last few minutes. You just watching us cut up over here. So yeah, let me I'm ask. Trying to get my, I'm trying to make my eyes stop crossing. Uh, <laughs> Apple pie moonshine is a bitch. <laughs> Tally saying, "Thank God y'all dumb drunks are over there talking to Wait, each other." Tally is where I was last year. Exactly. <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm coming back. I got coming. some water. Get down Round two, bitch. But let me ask this, Tally. Your perspective. You're down in Alabama, man. Up Ask Tally very pointed questions. All right. Where you're just trying to chill. I'm gonna mute your ass, Jeremy. Because <laughs> you know you do. I love you. you pay. <laughs> Jeremy, you pay us. I love you. I'm gonna mute you if you don't shut up. 
<laughs> but but Tally, somebody from down in Alabama, when you saw as many Virginia kids as we got this year, um, what does that tell you about where we're going direction recruiting wise? Curtis pouring scotch on the side, like he fucking ain't even looking in the fucking microphone while he's Curtis, talking. Hey, Damn, Curtis is a boss. But to your point, I mean, you for what Virginia Tech is and what they what we're trying to get back to, I mean, it makes you go back to probably being hired and them saying, this is how we need to win. I've seen this done before, and this is what we have to do. And he fucking emphasized it, and he, he, he put a plan out, and he stuck to it, you know. For, you know, people like myself that's – or for people that is in my area that may not pay attention to recruiting, they may not know – like a lot of the kids that we got and stuff like that, or you may be just looking at the top five and say, okay, well, that's what we need to go after. Sure, we'll get those kids. But as of now, I mean, if you're going to take a flyer on the kids, you might as well take a flyer on the kid from the house. So I think they did a good yeah. job with that. And, it, it again, it just goes back to him being, like, genuine with what he says. He said, we're going to recruit our blueprint. That's what he fucking did. Like, he went after that. Not only did he go after that, I mean, I don't know how Virginia does their um, their ranking there. Uh-huh. But some of the kids, you know, they're, they're, they're – I don't want to say they're better than their rankings are, but it's like you got a lot of state championships in, the, uh-huh. state championships in, yeah, this, uh-huh. uh, in this recruiting class. Tally talking it right now. Yes, sir. Yeah, and then, even, even some of the kids, like I know we're going to get into like personal favorites and stuff, but some of these kids are much better than their ranking is. And I know you might think, oh, everybody says that, but now if you if you pay attention to any recruiting or any college football, high school football, some of these kids that are being recruited or that we recruited are much better than what their ranking is. So I think they did a good job of finding finding those guys and uh finding those Virginia kids. So I'm 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 pretty stoked about that. Jerns a guy that played in the state of Virginia that has met a lot of these kids from the state of Virginia. How In the Southwest, too. And in the Southwest state. And you got Marcel Baylor coming in. He's coming in early. Um, a stud that we're got making that. inroads. There you go. We're making inroads. We're, we're getting a lot of, like, top, you know, 10 through 20 talent. Mm-hmm. We have to have more top 10 talent in Virginia. Right now, it is pretty much just – Repairing bridges that have been burnt to the ground and shat upon. <laughs> That's what we're doing right now. Yep. Siegel, you've you've said it time and time and time again about um about Virginia, about you know, in general, is you go in and you you you, you find the dogs, and eventually, after you find the dogs, you're gonna find a big pedigree, right? Well, you find the dogs, but you got to find the dogs in the areas that matter. And I think one of the things that we're doing well is we're getting back in the programs that fucking matter in the state. Mm-hmm. And I think yes. that is the thing that has me pumped going forward. We're back in Highland Springs. We've got some a little little bit of little bit of momentum in Verona. We got some buzz in Mari. We got some buzz in Phoebus. Yeah. There's some things to talk about going forward with Virginia Tech and Virginia High School League Athletics. 
Yep, and picking up and, and, and going off what Brian is saying as well, um, it shows you how much like um relationships matter. Because like right you said, me. we get back in the we getting back in the Highland Springs, you know, Allie Jennings was a Highland Springs kid. He was they wanted to come to tech. And we didn't recruit him. And he goes to West Virginia, then he transfers to ODU. But now Pry comes in. Fontel them that at Highland Springs, we got four kids coming from Highland Springs. We got Lauren Johnson, who's been saying, you know, I'm, I'm sure he wasn't talking bad about the program. He said the program just didn't come see us. Yep. So now that's, it. that's it. That's it. That's fucking back. it right there, Tally. Now they're <laughs> back there. Now they're talking with those guys. And then Ali Jennings, who is one of the top transfers. Damn right he was. He, 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 come, he comes to Tech. You're damn right. Yeah, relationships matter, man. You, you don't never know who you're going to run into. So. so much. Think about how this shit happened last year. Go back in y'all's memory banks. What did our – by the way, I got to do this. Man, we had, we had fucking former players on staff, and Highland Springs was just another program to us. And now they're five state titles deep. But, the, let's, but let's, I mean, but let's take a step back. That was the fucking problem. It was a huge problem. We had former players on staff at Highland Springs, and they were just another fucking program. Oh, the issue is it's not only. Let's just- talk about Oscar Smith. Well, hold on, and hold on, hold on. winning fucking the seven five seven most every year, and Mari winning the seven five seven most every fucking year, and we're an afterthought. Well, go to Highland Springs. For this God's shit God. matters, guys. Lauren Johnson was one he of the does. fucking founders of fucking DBU. He was a goddamn safety on those early, those 90s teams. Go ahead, Germs. I'm not saying anything. You were. <laughs> nope. I'm going to stay silent on a few things. <laughs> well, even, I mean, I'll silent, say it. I mean, he's, there's a lot of tell, tell me what you got, Tally. Well, tell I'm me what saying, you got, Tally. Like, just going back into what we're saying. If the old staff was here, Brendan Johnson wasn't coming to Virginia Tech. Nope. Yeah. I mean, real talk. He's going to be in South Carolina. Let's let's be real. Let's say the fucking name that we're talking about. Brendan Johnson would be in South Carolina if the old staff was still fucking here. Wasn't even looking at Tech. Tech wasn't even looking that way. Now, guess what? He's coming. And he's got a brother behind him. Not saying he's coming to Tech, but... You do this thing right, man. You build those relationships right. You know, you set yourself up for those top kids. Another thing, I don't want to talk too much about, about you know, what's going on in Colorado. Because fuck Colorado. That's good. No, let's I'm, talk about I'm what's going on in Colorado. It, go I'm good for Colorado. No, let's do, let's talk, do this. Like, like people all the fucking beating their dicks talking about what Dion went in and did. And, oh, I wish Pry would have went in and did that. Or if I was a coach, I would. Every every situation is different. If Pry would have came in and did what Dion did with the amount of bridges that were already burned, he would have fucked himself. Yep. If he would have came in and told everybody, "Hey, you're not good enough. Hit the portal. Get the fuck out." Can't do that. That would have been very bad for this staff. Yeah. I think he bit the bullet and said, "Hey, I'm gonna give everybody a shot. A shot." We're going to go through this year. He knew where we were, and he knew where we wanted to be. Whereas Dion knew – Dion knows how fucking big his dick is. 
No, 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 no we, <laughs> we, we'll say what it is. Dion knows how big his dick is. Colorado big. So, I mean, Dion knows that he can go in there and say, all right, if you want to be a part of the, what we're doing, you're in. If you don't, fuck you. But, right. but we don't have the we don't we don't have the situation where we can say, "Fuck you, move on." No, we, no, got, no. we, we got to build some bridges. But we got to tally, build some fucking bridges. But to Tally's point, Tally, you're just basically saying, "Pry came in and said, we everybody, you got a shot. Show me what the fuck you can do.' Yeah, got, it is it is December 2021. You got one year. If he would have came, came in with that same attitude that Dion did. You wouldn't have had people like Armani Chapman going, "Hey, I'm transferring, but I love Virginia Tech." I, you know what? Let's talk about Armani Chapman a little bit because I love Armani Chapman. Not saying in that time, Armani Chapman has given nothing but love to Virginia Tech. I know he is going and doing a different different route for him, right? Best route Ooh. for him. Fuck. UNC. He, but he has went out there and said nothing but love for Virginia Tech and cold big up everybody else in the process, right? Fucking told guys, mm-hmm. this is where you this is a great place to be. Motherfucker's dead to me. No, he went to UNC. <laughs> he should not be Jeremy. Dead to Jeremy, you, you are undermining everything I'm saying right now. You should he should not yes. be to you because he's told guys like Ali, he's told those guys coming in, this is a great place to be. You know what he's figured out? You don't he, go in conference. You don't go, but guess what? I he understand was, what you're saying, Jerry, but like big picture, ginormous picture. See, see, who ain't we playing next year? Who ain't we playing? <laughs> we ain't playing Carolina next year. I know. That's what I'm saying. Carolina don't mean shit unless we're trying to play for the conference championship. If we meet, goddamn, right. if we meet them in the conference championship, I don't give a shit what he said. I Cam Cobb, shout out. But I stand real, by my real, statement. But for real, the honest truth about that though is, all of those guys who are leaving are basically giving shout outs, talking about. Go there. This is a. They are loving on what the staff is doing, regardless right. of whether they're going to another step up or another right. step down. Anything sure. in the middle, that's what is big right now. It's huge. Is that Virginia Tech has some fucking momentum? They have some fucking juice on the trail. It's true. It's very, very, very true. All right, skip this because I got to freaking pull y'all boys back in because. Believe it or not, it's 11.37. We've been over two hours already, and we got a couple more things to hit. Jeremy, who's your favorite of this uh, class? Are we talking full recruiting, or are we talking about transfer? Just oh. the recruiting class. No, just the recruiting class. Oh, sorry. My bad. My bad. I got yes, the full segment next, damn it. Fuck you, Curtis. I think Lathe, actually, the offensive lineman. Which one? <laughs> I like him. <laughs> West Virginia guy? Ali James? No, no he's, talking about, he's talking about the O lineman. Oh, shit. Offensive oh, lineman. Are you talking about the hammer? Yes. Hans. Hans. You just I had me. all this shit prepared for everyone else, but it's just like new recruits. You don't want Leith? Uh, I mean, yes. You took the Jeremy, number one. Tell me what you're talking about. Wait, that's portal. We, Wait, that's portal. Hold on. Hold on. Portal. Go back up. Jeremy's drunk. Come back up. Come back up. 
Tally, you shoot right now. Is it Lath or is it fucking Hans? I'm going to. If you ask me, hey, I'm going to say Taylor Woodson. Taylor I'm going to go with. Hey, Tally, uh, you're right. Yeah. Caleb Woodson. You're right. <laughs> that's who, that's who I'm going to go with. Caleb I mean, Woodson is the dude from VA. 6'3", 200 pounds, playing what, linebacker or safety? Linebacker. He's playing Bust Sam. Him. Sam. He's gonna play I said late, Matt Neal. Matt Neal says you mean late. Am I mispronouncing it? Maybe. No, you're saying it right. Lath Gananum? Lath? Yeah. Ganum. That's who he's talking about. <laughs> Is it Ganum? <laughs> what the fuck? I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name. He's a big ass he's a big ass offensive lineman from that's something that's in. six five six. Yeah. The Jaga! Yes, that's my favorite. That is that's his favorite. favorite. He wants the big guy that can go crush people. That's Jeremy. Yes. Taylor. Um, wait a second. Hold on. Wait a second. Hold on. Taylor is more sober than us. No way. Bullshit. Well, first Fuck of all, you. well, can I can I tell you something? It proves that he doesn't drink as much as us. Actually, he he drinks every night, but he has a sip and a half of beer and dumps it down the freaking drain. Yeah, Edder, I just said that to you, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Edder is a sweet, wonderful. I just person. told Edder to I'm fuck himself. <laughs> hey Siegel, you gonna edit this tomorrow? Maybe. <laughs> edit. <laughs> it's live. It is. This is why you come here live. We're still at sitting like there have been twenty people dropping us, but for real, the favorite of this class for me, um, I, I'm gonna go with one that was just kind of. Uh, nah, I gotta be real. I think Braylon Johnson is my favorite of this class because I feel like this is the kid that's gonna come in and actually change a program. Because you look at him. Pops played here. Pops was good here. Pops has now won five state titles. He's going to come here. He's going to set this damn expectation. And I got a feeling Braylon's going to probably get in a few fights with people. But I think Braylon's going to be a damn good, strong safety. I think Braylon's going to break some heads. And I think Braylon's that kid. There's going to be kids from the RVA. There's going to be kids just up the street here where I live, Godwin. There's going to be kids just down the street from where Brian lives and like Hanover. And at schools like Patrick Henry that say Braylon Johnson went there and he made something of himself. And then I think there's going to be kids from the seven five that eventually start looking at Highland Springs and what Highland Springs have done. They've done with five, kids from like, Sam, like like Sam kids uh, from the Mechanicsville yes. earlier. Yeah, Sam's. Well, by the way, by the way, Sam fucking made the playoffs. Sam and Austin Cannon made the playoffs. I played. A, I fucking coached against Sam, man. I know what fucking Sam was doing. So you talking about a guy at Tech that's building a program up there? I think Braylon Johnson is my favorite recruit from this staff or from okay. this. Uh, and see, his brother is a fucking boss. We need his brother too. Yeah, for for real. So once he. Let's look, uh, let's look at what they're doing though. For real, for for real, for they. Uh, portal, portal. They are plucking, fucking playing with the fucking sober ass motherfuckers. That all right, Siegel, pull it back. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Not for a second, for a second, Siegel. Yeah, twenty twenty three class. If I need to yep. send you the link, I will. Who's your favorite recruit from this class right now? From this class? From this class. Braylon. Braylon, too? 
but I, and I think the reason why we sit here and say that is, did y'all watch? Did y'all tally um, in Germany? Did y'all see the Bud tweet today? The tweet that went out with Bud talking about that today. No, what did he say? Basically, like, dude, I coached your dad. Your dad was here when we started this, and it, and it was that emotion of like you knew Braylon was one of the OG dogs. Oh yeah, and now. Yeah. It's Bud there talking to him, handing off to Pry, who Pry was one of those OG GAs who sat there and grinded his fucking ass off for Bud and them in 95, 96, 97 when we were building this shit. When we were – I sit back and just think we were we were puppies. Jeremy, you were a young, young buck. I was in my – we, me and Brian were working like 12, 11 years old watching Tech watch when the Sugar Bowl. Lauren's out there playing. And you get that kid's – you get that guy's kid. He commits to you. And it's like, yep. I made him good. He has now turned a program into a freaking monster in the state. His son is coming here to play for a guy that G8 under me. And you sit here and it's like this whole, it's like everything's like coming together, right? And um, I, I think Braylon's big because I think Braylon has a freaking ton of influence. I think there's going to be kids here in a few years that go up to visit Braylon and Braylon's going to have four rings on his damn finger from state championships. And my hope to God, he puts a damn ACC championship on that thumb. And he says, I won these in high school. I won this at Tech. And then even when, even uh, to your point as well, when we talk about how many state champions that we got out of the high school kids, mm-hmm. when we talk it's about learning how to win – I mean, fuck. In the you bring end. winners in. That's how you win. You're bringing winners in. You're bringing leadership in, based bringing on the number. I, I, and I know we. Had, like, time. What they say? We had like 20, 21 of those kids was like team captains. Twenty one of the twenty one of the twenty four were team captains. Like, and I know we we bullshit. We want dogs, but you want captains. You know what captains do? A lot of captains are dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, See, fucking look, captains are dogs as motherfuckers. See, There's you, a race you were a damn captain. captain in 02, and I'm sure you slapped the fuck out of some people and said, straight Hell up. Hell fucking yeah. You got to fucking slap some guys out of the motherfucking like mm-hmm. that. You know you right. Let's hit real quick. Let's go to the portal. Um, um, Could we have ever dreamed we hit the four like we hit the four? When, when we heard Ollie Jennings is coming. Oh, he dancing. And then it's like, that's yeah, nice. Means. Yeah, that's nice. That's Ali Jennings burned our ass. Actually, Ali Jennings last two years over to you. You played him. He burned your ass for yards. Then he we burned us like a motherfucker, man. That fucking catch against Dorian Deep, that fucked us in the fucking fucked game. Fucked us up. It fucked us right through the heart. Then you get drones. And a lot of people are like, well, who the hell is this kid? Y'all went on the boards. We read people like Baylor was crushed. Then they thought they were going to get the kid who was on, like, oh, this kid right here is coming with us. We're okay. We're going to be okay. That kid went to Oregon today. He just gutted them because they thought they had drones. They thought they had the kid going to Oregon. They're gutted. They thought and they had a fucking midpoint, and they didn't. They didn't. They just got fucked because drones is coming here running the R, running the freaking RPO spread. And then the two today. Let's talk about the RPO spread for real. Not for real. So we were talking about Moorhead going into the season. We did. We and then we, we saw more play action, running game, deep deep shots and shit. But what we really talking about going into the 2023 season yeah. is the fucking Moorhead system. So let's talk about that a little bit. 
Well, well, let's talk about right. let's talk about the two guys that are going to be on the outside for him. That's Felton and, and Jennings. And if Drones wins this job coming out, he will. He will. R- right at y'all, 12-21-2022, he going to win it. He winning it. If Drones wins this and we go to that system, he is an he might be the perfect specimen for an RPO spread because of his athleticism and his arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy, tell me what you got. That was a deep Jeremy. That was a big fucking sign. I mean, I hope that's what we're doing. <laughs> it's literally exactly what we want. Right. Yeah. It's big, us. Big fucking shit. Right? What else do you have to say about it? There's not much we have to say. We're going to get him. He's going to come in, and we're going to have this. But if he underperforms, they will eat him. Yeah, they will. Our family, Early absolutely. on, if he doesn't he have just, success at the gate, it's going to be ugly. And I'll be honest, it's going to be fucking ugly year. as shit. But if, he, if, if you ride him long enough, it's going to be okay. Yes, go, I agree with you. To go we to have Curtis to get him to that first year point. because he may come in and be awesome. What'd you say, Dally? I was just saying to go to Curtis is probably next point when we're talking, um, when we're talking um, tra- transfer guys coming in. Drones is great to have. Um, we don't know one hundred percent what he's going to do. We don't know if he's going to win the job, but at least if he doesn't win the job. You have somebody that's legit pushing whoever does win the job. And then, besides that, we kind of know what we're getting out of Jennings because we've seen him. But my favorite transfer was probably Felton because – Good fucking point. He gives us – he gives us – if he can come – because Felton reminds me a lot of uh, Damon Hazleton. You know, Hazleton was at, at Ball State. Oh, God damn, you're yeah. right. And he so comes in. Point. He comes in and he gives us the production that he does. Felton seems to be that same guy. I feel like Caleb Smith gave us what he could give us, but we didn't have anybody going second. We didn't have a second receiver. He'd be like, okay, well, we can't take any pressure off of him because all we had was tight ends. I mean, I feel like Felton can come in. If, if Felton can come in and give us what Caleb Smith gave us this year, I think we'll be fine. We are going to be fine. We're going to be fine with God that. God damn, Tally, fucking crushing give, that shit. If he can that give, if he can give us, if he can give us six hundred, give us six hundred plus, then right. that's the motherfucker right there. He Felton the right there is going to replace what Caleb Smith gave us this year, and then mm-hmm. Ollie Jennings is going to be that dude. And then Drones is going to be a guy that can, like, give us a high ceiling for a quarterback. <laughs> That's well, what we're look, looking for. Hold on. Stop, stop. Matt Neal just made a great point here. You're just Matt Neal. Of the, of, no, no, but of the four guys that we've recruited, of the four guys we've recruited, Ollie Jennings is gone after this year. You still get Felton. Drones is a second. And then we ain't talked about Barner. Barner was a freaking first team all AAC defensive end up in Temple. He had seven and a half sacks this year. He had twelve and a half sacks. Lost forty. Close forty. Let's sacks. talk about a chubby that I've got up for for Varner. Let's talk about that. Well, let's just go talk about that. We we worry about. Oh my God, we got to really Scarlett. We got to replace Scarlett. And then all of a sudden, Varner commits today. 
where it didn't seem like he was. And all of a sudden, it's we like. We thought the Liz Frank was going to be the motherfucker, but it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. That damn foot injury that, we, that we've that we heard about is not there. So he's in. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, he is an animal. He's a Maury kid. He's probably Maury's one of those kids. He's probably one of those kids ten years ago, early two thousands, early two thousand tens. Frank takes. Well, remember how many guys that Frank took that had some shit like this, right? Yeah. In the in the late two thousands, early twenty tens. Yeah. You know what Frank told me? What did he say? Tell me what you he got, actually Jeremy. told me. Um, he would go into people's actual like homes. And he would go in and straight up judge what was going on in their homes and how he could manage it. And even if they were just like wild out of control, he was just like, okay, I can manage this or that as far as going in. Frank went to the 7 5 and said, all right, this is cool. We got this. Yes, pretty much. We got this. Well, we all he know actually Dwight. went in there and, and he's and, just and, like, and Dwight, Dwight has been on here and talked to us about I, this, right? Dwight has been on here and talked to us about this. Shout out yeah. to Dwight. Dwight, yeah, victory life for real. Dwight's talked to all victory life. life for real. But let's talk about yeah. this. That's what actually Dwight said Frank that Frank the other day. had no fear of going into the Norfolk, Portsmouth, all of that shit and saying, Let's talk about what you can do for us for Virginia Tech. No, he had and no moving fear. Forward. And moving he forward. It wasn't it wasn't I'm gonna about meet all that other bullshit. Yeah. It was about yeah, what exactly. can you do for Virginia Tech and how we can help you in your goals. Yes. Frank actually did this entire thing where he went in and he was just like, I'm gonna meet your family, I'm gonna do all this. How can I help you? How can I do all this? That's what made Frank Beamer, so fucking good. Frank was that dude because he understood how to understand the landscape of Virginia recruiting. And I hope it's more like this, that the interaction tonight we had, I love having Jeremy here. Jeremy, love you, man. I love you. Telly, I love you, man. It's going to wrap up this episode of the Boundary Corner Podcast. It is brought to you by the Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg, Virginia, with Dr. Lord Jeremy Counts. I'm Curtis Wolf. I'm Brian Siegler. We got the owner of that pharmacy here with us tonight. We've got Taliban's down in Alabama. Visit our website, website, boundarycornerbt.com. Listen to all of our episodes. If you ever want to hear a really good one, go to the draft. If we drafted, we'd fuck people up this year. Um, while you're there, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, everywhere you can think of. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify. We always let our buddy Jason Long, who lives down in the Roanoke Valley, play us in, play us out. We thank you for listening. And as always, y'all ready, boys? Let's go! Hope, Hope yeah. Empty dicks, full hearts.